again to Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror film fiction and all that's fantastic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how's it going, sir? I'm well. Excellent. Make sure you tell your buddy Dan uh, hello. Uh, he's been uh, cheering me on as I, I do my, my workouts on, on Facebook, so I appreciate it. Very good. Um, yes, yes. And uh, from the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Can't complain. Uh, and in the Commonwealth of Virginia? Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? Doing well. Excellent. And we do have a special guest tonight. And that special guest, why doesn't he introduce himself right now? Well, hi, I'm Daniel Lynch, and I'm not sure I should be called a special guest anymore. It looks like I'm showing up every month, so probably just a recurring. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Better. And And how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be cool having you as as a, a co-host once a month if if you're, you would be interested. But well, we won't push we'll, it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll take it on a case by case basis. I'm just saying, special guest. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. So, uh, Dan, uh, what? Why are you special? Why don't you let everybody know what you do? Mario Missioni and uh, Aaron Han. Aaron Han 
and Mario uh, did not work together after that. Um, Mario went on to uh, direct a, a couple of things. He directed uh, a lot of the B footage in a film that I have a I, I appear as a talking head on a uh, a thing called uh, uh, Shockwave Countdown to Disaster. I think was the last title it went under. Um, and he, he, he directed the B role on that. He also, uh, was one of the main directors, one of the two directors on a, a web series that's now on, uh, it's on, boy, I think it's on Netflix or Amazon prime. I can't remember. It's called dark web. Uh, and I'm in that, but just as a voiceover. Oh, how about that? Okay. That's, I, I never thought to, to tell you that. So interesting. good question. It is a good question. So uh, that's not why we're here today. Phil. No, it is not. No. <laughs> for those interested, like me and me. Thank you. But uh, either way, <sighs> uh, folks who are new to the podcast, uh, we're the Dark Discussions podcast, which is part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. We have an email at darkdiscussions at aol.com, or you can just press contact us on darkdiscussions.com. It's a website that has all different uh, news for pop culture and horror and art house and all that. So if you follow uh, movies and and such, uh, it's a website you should probably check out daily. Uh, podcasts, reviews, uh, um, release notices, all sorts of stuff. Uh, also, uh, Eric, what else can people find on that website? They can find links to our Patreon account. Patreon is a service that allows you to contribute financially to your online artists like podcasters. That's us. Producing this show is not free, so any and all contributions towards uh, helping balance the sheet there are greatly appreciated. Uh, we have to pay for things like web hosting and server space and equipment and movie rentals and so on and so forth. So if you'd like to do that, you can go to darkdiscussions.com and follow the link on any page there. And for every $5 a month that you care to contribute, you'll have the opportunity to choose a topic for us to possibly do a show on. We take all the submissions from our patrons and draw one at random on a quarterly basis to do a show on. Uh, so again, you can go to patreon.com slash darkdiscussions or follow the link on any page of darkdiscussions.com. Excellent. Thank you for uh, explaining that to our listeners and anybody who does donate. We appreciate it greatly. Uh, it is uh, very kind of you. Uh, we do a, a lot of work uh, here and spend a lot of money here on uh, this podcast. And a handful of you folks that do support us uh, may not be uh, enough to fully uh, fund us, but it is uh, enough to help, and uh, we do appreciate it. Um, all right, so um, if we uh, have time after our discussion, uh, maybe we'll we'll discuss uh, any news that anybody wanted to bring up or uh, things that folks have watched that may interest uh, Dark Discussions and the Dark Discussions News Network listeners. Uh, but until we get to that point in the podcast, I guess we can get into our topic tonight. And Eric, what are we going to discuss tonight? Tonight, we're going to be discussing the 2021 Netflix exclusive film of Blood Red Sky. This is yours. I have a prescription. Isn't your mother back yet? She's taking her medicine. So she'll start making new healthy blood. There's a doctor in America who can help her. Don't touch me, okay? Hey, 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 sir. 
What's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, as you can see, we have control of the plane. It's gonna be alright. We want this operation of ours to go off without a hitch. If not, yeah. use your imaginations. My son. Drink blood? It's the only way to stop them. Are they going to kill everyone on board? We'll make it, I promise. Come on! Is that Johnny? He wants to get away from the sun. Let's give her some. You have the evil within. You cannot control it. Uh, that's right. Uh, Blood Red Sky is a Netflix exclusive, as Eric mentioned. Uh, it's one of 90-plus films that Netflix is releasing directly to their platform in 2021. Uh, it is a horror film. It is directed by Peter Thorwarth and written by Peter, as well as Stefan Holtz. Uh, this is a German uh, film, uh, specifically uh, uh, German production, uh, though you can watch it with uh, English subtitles or uh, as a English language dubbed. Uh, the film uh, came out July 23rd uh, um, in the U.S. on Netflix. It stars, obviously, uh, not many people that uh, any of us would know because uh, it appears that most of the folks in the film are uh, actors uh, from Europe who are mostly television actors, and, and a lot of those shows uh, we don't see. But uh, to name a few of the folks who are stars in the in the film, uh, there's Carl Anton Koch, Perry Baumeister, Kai Setti, uh, and then uh, a few other folks. Oh, Alexander Shear for sure. Films Alexander Shear, where is she? Oh yeah, 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 right, right, yeah, yeah. He's he's the big one, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, he, he's absolutely. the big one. Yeah. So uh, those are, those are the, the main folk. Uh, and then and the amazing the, thing is, they're from all these different countries, and yet they're still all Swedes. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a large uh, ensemble cast. Otherwise, because uh, the film is uh, a one location film, where there's a, a large a number of people in that one location, even though most of them are supporting or uh, background characters. Um, the person I recognize most was Dominic Purcell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Legends of Tomorrow and all yeah. sorts of other stuff. Prison Break. Oh, yeah. Okay, there you go. He, he was Berg. He was, he was kind of the, the, the leader of the bad guys. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, yeah. is bald. Yes. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has I, I, I actually thought he was going to be the big villain in the. In the I film. did too. Yeah, so I was yeah, surprised. Yeah. So one of the things I want to talk about when we get into it. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, the uh, film was originally known as Transatlantic 473. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, and then they rechanged the, the title uh, to obviously uh, 
attract the correct crowd. Blood the Red Sky! Now, uh, the film's getting a uh, fairly decent reviews uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. If Rotten Tomatoes and reviews mean anything to you, out of 26 reviews, 81% uh, seem to like it. Um, so I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. And, uh, well, since Dan was the one that actually first brought attention to the folks on the Dark Discussions uh, podcast Facebook group, uh, Dan, why don't you start? Okay. Um Basically, I, I was uh, just uh, hanging out uh, and looking through my streaming uh, channels and came across uh, the teaser for this one. And the teaser uh, interested me. Uh, I thought oh, that's an interesting concept. Uh, um, so I, I, I turned it on and watched it uh, with my jaw uh, down to my chin because it was so amazing. Uh, I was just blown away at that what a, an incredible uh, film uh, it was. So that's I immediately the second I, I finished watching it, I, I sent that post to you guys in dark discussion saying, hey, check this film out. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. For me. Um, yeah. I uh, discovered this film because, like I said, uh, from Dan uh, and then shortly after that, within a week or two, uh, other folks around social media were, were talking about it. Um, but I, I didn't really, uh, check it out too much what they were saying, except for what Dan said. And then Amy, uh, rain mentioned. Um, and so, yeah, I, I watched the film, uh, last night. I tried to actually watch the film, uh, Friday, uh, hoping to be the, the quote unquote date night film with my wife, but, um, I had to watch the trailer and, uh, she thought she goes, yeah, no, no, we're not. <laughs> um, and, and, Actually, honestly, I wish I hadn't seen the trail, to be honest. You know, I, I, I but say either way, I, I did. Phil, I just I want to, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because I want to say something that I was planning on saying anyway, but this is a good time to do it. I wish to hell I had not seen the trailer or the picture showing it or any or read any of the teaser description. I wish I had come to this clean because of the way the story is told. It's perfect. For that first half hour, you don't know what the fuck is going on. Um, pardon my language. Um, I, so uh, I yeah. did watch it a, a second time uh, just the other day, yeah, yesterday. Uh, and I did that while I watched. I intentionally watched it as if I didn't know anything. So just tried to set all my knowledge of the film back and just watch it as if I were somebody coming to the film, watching it without any of the other stuff in front of it. And it, it really is an amazing experience if you know nothing about this film. And if you don't want to know anything about this film, watch it first. And then uh, don't look at the teaser. Don't look at the trailer. Don't look at the picture if you can avoid it. Just turn it on and watch it. Yeah, Netflix is uh, pretty good at spoiling their own movies. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's hard to get in there without getting spoiled. It is. I did not watch the trailer on this one. I was lucky. Thank you, man. Yeah, so so I, I had seen the trailer, and, and so unfortunately, uh, a lot of the the film is is immediately spoiled uh, by watching the trailer. Uh, uh, very unfortunate. Um, so the excitement of the film uh, was was not going to be there as much as had I, as Dan mentioned, gone in blind, uh, because yeah, not knowing what's going on uh, for the first thirty to forty minutes, and then having this big twist and all these other things happen um, would have been 
a much better viewing experience for me. Um, well, so I mean, the title change kind of gives you. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but I can see why they I, did that. Well, when Dan mentioned it and Amy mentioned it, n- neither of you mentioned what it was about, and so I was just thinking it was going to be like a, a mass murder on an airplane or something. I mean, I, what it actually turned out to be, I, I wasn't expecting until I, I yeah saw read the trailer. Gotcha. Said, saw the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah or yeah. or look at the, the 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 photo that Netflix has of it that kind of gives everything away too. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sure yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, but because blood red sky could be mean anything, you know. Sure. I mean, and and I, I I agree with you, Phil. That could certainly mean just um um you know murder spree from you know people on a plane. You know, it could be anything. Hell, it could be snakes yeah. on a motherfucking plane. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> so so um all in all um I I actually enjoyed the first hour and 15 a, a whole lot. Uh, I think the turning point where I, I just, uh, the second half just wasn't as good for me was um, th- there's a, a vial of liquid that someone injects to in themselves. And, and at that point, I said, okay, this is now becoming a little, um, I, I guess, grindhouse, which is fine. But the, the first hour and a half, half hour, 15 minutes, it was really an interesting thriller that could have went into a really cool horror film if they didn't throw in the grindhouse. And, and I'm, believe me, I love my grindhouse uh, stuff, but um, uh, the, the, the change in, in, in uh, I guess, the direction kind of made, threw me off a little bit. But, oh, no, it was a good film. Uh, I, I, yeah, I would recommend it. And uh, people who like the genre of the film, which I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss uh, soon enough, uh, whether it's in spoilers or not, uh, we'll, we'll like it for sure. And, and this genre or subgenre of horror, we haven't had many good ones for a while. Uh, right. I know and, me, and, and me, Phil, I really, I truly, for the, for the listener's sake, I, I, I truly recommend before we get into any of those kinds of details, we throw out a spoiler alert so they know, go watch the movie now and then come back. Yeah, oh, of course. Um, I know me and Barrett uh, and Mike did a review on, on, a film of this subgenre late December of last year. And uh, both me and Barrett thought that that film was awesome. And, but Mike didn't. Um, hmm. So unless you, you consider that film as, as a, a great film or not in this subgenre, there hasn't been many uh, in it until I guess this, and I don't know if this is a great film, but it's really, really a good film. Uh, let's go if you are. The film. Uh, all right, I'll just say it now and cut it out. Uh, Bliss. Oh yeah. No, it was not a fun that was only last year jesus well maybe Although, it was two years ago uh, that yeah then again it's yeah, been you know, yeah i think we're, it was i think it was nine months years. into this year and I keep yeah i think, I think it was 2019 all right so let's move on all right so uh, eric what about yourself uh i'm sorry i lost track what's the question how did you hear about it how do you oh, hear about man. it what did you think <laughs> i liked it i liked it quite a bit <laughs> all right sounds good uh let's go with you barrett um, I heard about it because, you know, Netflix advertises pretty heavily when you go into it. And especially with what I watch, um, it was definitely going to show up. But I avoided looking at it. Um, I was interested in it, but uh, I had a general idea of what it was going to be about. And I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. Um, it, I didn't get the feeling you got where it kind of dropped off in the, in the last half as far as like, being bothered by somebody drinking the blood and everything and it going grindhouse. But, um, it, I felt like it wasn't quite as exciting near the end for me as I wanted it to be. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Mike. 
yeah, I don't know, remember. I'd, I know uh, I had heard of it before Dan uh, had mentioned it. I'm pretty sure I'd seen it in my feed on Netflix, and I know I had seen some people discussing it on Facebook. Uh, which of those came first? Uh, nobody cares. Um, the chicken, clearly. <laughs> yeah, clearly the chicken. I always thought it was the egg. But, um, yeah, so, no, I like this a lot. Um, I actually just finished watching it. Um, it's weird because in a lot of ways, uh, it's kind of a, it, it's almost kind what of a zombie movie. What is going on? Uh, I don't know. No, we're just hearing clicks, but Mike, go on. I was curious what you were saying. Yeah, I, was saying it's, it's, I don't know what's going on. It's in, in a lot of ways, it feels almost like a zombie movie to me, which we can, we can get into when we get into the, the spoilers. It's like a zombie movie without a zombie, but when you understand the origin of zombie movies, I guess it makes sense. Um, it is much more of like an action horror. I think in some ways, thriller horror, perhaps. Um, it's so it's going to be a weird one to classify. Uh, I did not watch the trailers, but I did, um, and I'm the one who doesn't have a problem with watching trailers, uh, but I did read the blurb, so I had a rough idea where it was going. Uh, but it did not go or unfold the way I expected to, uh, and yeah, I think it was it was it was fairly pleasant. All right, sounds good. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, Eric, uh, do we have a wiki? Wiki, wiki. <laughs> oh, I was scrolling the wrong end of the page. Here we go. <laughs> uh, a woman with mysterious illness is forced into action when a group of terrorists attempt to hijack a transatlantic overnight flight. That's a good, a good one. It doesn't say anything. I agree. I yep. think that's a yeah. really good one. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Two weeks in a row, IMDb comes through. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. IMDb. I mean, I would have changed it a little bit. I would have said uh, a woman uh, uh, heading to America to see if she can have her illness cured. I, I would have said it that way, but that's okay. It's all good because mysterious. This illness makes me go, hmm. hmm. But um, either way, uh, that sounds good. So uh, I guess we can get into uh, our non-spoiler part. So, you know, just general stuff about the film, uh, whether it's, you know, German film, whether it's um, other things. I mean, I like – I'll start anyway. Um, and, oh, for folks who are curious, we will have a spoiler alert section, as Dan mentioned. We will announce when we will get into spoilers because on Dark Discussions, we don't just review films. We dissect and critique where we take and d dissect various scenes and anything and anything we want to talk about within uh, our topic. And so uh, we will. And sometimes out. without our topic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we use analogies related to, you know, real world or other films or whatever. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I'll start uh, in the non-spoilery section. I, I want to say Mike summed it up pretty good. It was really kind of like a zombie film, especially as Mike mentioned, where, uh, I guess zombies kind of come from originally, which is I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with that, Mike. That was a good comment. I agree. And I, and I would throw this out. Uh, if you're watching it, uh, please, please watch it with the original German. Uh, the, the performances by the actors, uh, uh, the German actors, and, and a lot of it is in English as well. So there's half, there's, not half, but a, a, a good quarter of the cast uh, is English, takes place in Scotland at an Air Force base, uh, and all speak English. Uh, there's a lot of English even within the plane itself. Uh, but definitely watch it in the original German with subtitles because the, the performances by the German actors are, are truly uh, wonderful. 
Now, now I, I have to admit, I watched it uh, dubbed. And, you see, that explains a lot, Phil. Call me bastard. I, and I, I, I felt the dubs dubbing was really good, to be honest. Especially, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I believe you, Dan, that uh, the actors, the real actors that performed the, the, the words that were given to them uh, from the script were fantastic. But I, I must admit, uh, the, the dubbed a- actors, the people that, that dubbed the film, were, were actually pretty solid. I felt. So, um, I guess uh, if you're impatient with dub- dubbing, and if you love the what it, the director was trying to go for, then I, I would agree go with the, the subtitles because I, and and the actors using their real language. Uh, but but I did want to not poo-poo the the dubbing because it was pretty decent. I felt and uh, Barrett agreed. I think you agreed as well, Barrett. Then yeah, thank you. Okay, very well, very well. Um, okay, so anything else that we wanted to bring up that isn't spoilery? Um, wh- I mean, uh, I would just like to say that I thought uh, Perry Baumeister was fantastic. Agreed. <laughs> she she made the movie. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the kid wasn't the only too bad thing, either. Carl Koch, he, he did a good, good job. A pretty good performance from the kid. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to Eric's blurb uh, from IMDb. Um, the only thing I would say with that blurb is I'm not sure if it gives away that there's something supernatural here, and that can be a turnoff for some people. Um, you mean the well, mysterious, mysterious illness? It's mysterious. You yeah. mysterious illness, but that doesn't, you know. It's still kind of vague. So if somebody's going into this thinking that's a hijacking film and not a horror film, they they, they may end up being turned off. Well, it is um, a hijacking film. It is yeah. absolutely and, a hijacking and, and film. It is a hijacking <laughs> film, but it also has a horror element that will that will turn people off. I actually thought there was there were some nice kills in here, but the one I actually liked the best, I think, was early in the film, but not the one that involved anything any supernatural entities. Um, I think it's the first kill in the film. Okay, uh, I don't want to spoil stuff, but uh, I, I know what you're talking about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah. yeah, that was that was actually the actually that was scared me more than, than any of the other kills because it was. It oh was yeah, real. oh yeah. yeah. I, like I've always said, psychopaths and sociopath horror films scare me more, or borderline personality for that matter, scare me more than supernatural horror. And, and, and so, while you're yeah, yeah, while, while we're there, and this is not a spoiler, but but the Shears performance there, that switch. That from what he first appears to be to what he then becomes. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. man, I love that performance. I heard him, but oh, my God. I had to rewind it and rewatch it again. And not because it was a cool, uh, uh, violent scene, but because I was like, is that the same guy that other yeah, exactly. or, or flight attendant said, uh, he, you know, and I was like, wow, that was that, I was not expecting that. Yeah, and and, and and I don't think this spoils too much, so I'll say it anyway. Um, but that whole transition area, when you start to know what's going on with the hijackers, that transition from that moment, from the moment of, of, of introduction of characters in the plane, which is a flashback, by the way, which I loved. I love that this was flashbacks within flashbacks. I love that. This is where flashbacks are done well. Oh, my God. And a double flashback, you know, flashback to a flashback to get back to present. I love that. But so that 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 
that transition period where you know you're, you think you're, where, where you suddenly realize what's really going on on the plane with the hijackers it was it was brilliant it was br- that transition was brilliant I like how we never really get the full story on the hijackers because yeah, it's, it's not too. really about them. And I, I love that they throw out a whole bunch of different theories, too. I, I, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a curious curiosity, um, the, the hijackers, too, because, uh, you know, in the this politically correct part of uh, uh, our culture, um, you know, like when they remade that um, – Tom Clancy film with Ben Affleck and they, they turned um, Arab or Muslim terrorists to neo-Nazis in that film because mm-hmm. they didn't some want to upset. Some of all fears. Yeah, some of all yeah, fears. Because all in fears, the book, yeah. it, it, it was an Islamic attack yeah, on know. Baltimore, a nuclear bomb. And then they change it to be, I guess, politically correct. Um, so it was interesting to see what they they did here. And yet I did love it. It, like how the hijackers were of different nationalities and even races. Yes. And also, um, it, and, and it was interesting how they had no uh, reason. In, in other words, as we know, they had a reason, but it's never told. What yeah. We're never, we never know why they, why they did what they did. Never. Yeah. So that, that was curious. Uh, I, I thought it, well, it was interesting. I think we know why Alexander Shear's character does what he does. Cause he's fucking yeah. nuts. <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's true that's true um and we'll get into all that uh as as we we, we discuss um any other things that anybody wanted to bring up that isn't spoilery that that could be interesting uh to discuss for our listeners all right so i guess with that yeah yeah, we'll, we'll we'll throw up the spoiler alert. So at this point, going forward, we are uh, going to discuss anything and everything about this film. So uh, you have been warned. Uh, we'll be talking about specifics, uh, twists, uh, and, and various other things. Again, though, if you if you've seen the trailer, you know everything anyway. And, uh, and it, when Phil says we dissect, he means we dissect. Indeed, we should yep. do absolutely. All right, so the spoiler alert is up. Uh, who wants to start, and where do we want to start? Vampires! Oh, speak up at once. <laughs> All right, I'll start. Right, so, Since yeah. I'm, I'm the guest special host guy, uh, I'll start. Um, so as I said, I, especially up on the second watch of this film, when I intentionally tried to just pull my mind back and say, okay, I know nothing about this film. I'm watching this without any information. I just want to see what the filmmaker wanted, the story the filmmaker wanted to tell me. And I have to say, it's an immaculate film in my opinion. It is from the, from the very beginning of the storytelling, when we start uh, at that Scotland Air Force Base with all of the military coming out and everybody getting in positions, all the SWAT teams getting out, all the snipers getting out. And we and we hear this and we see this plane coming in for a landing, clearly being uh, flown by a pilot who knows who doesn't know what he's doing. So an amateur who's behind the the, the wheel uh, and doesn't know what he's doing from that moment forward without knowing until that first 
about as you said, Phil, about a half hour to 40 minutes, and it's actually 35 minutes in when you really know. But around a half hour in, you think part of the big story here is that there is this poor woman who's suffering from leukemia or cancer who's on the plane with her son and her son is trying to take care of her and he takes care of everything and gets all the bags packed. Although there's an interesting thing about where he meets the, the Islamic guy uh, uh, played by, um, by uh, 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 Kais Seti, uh, Farid is his character's name. He meets him and he helps him carry the bag on, which is full of rocks or something. So, you know, there's something weird about it. So you don't know for that first half hour, you just think, this is a, a story about, you know, maybe hijackers. And this is a lady who is trying to get to uh, 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 some. Uh, is she going to New York, I think, right? Yes. To get cured for this doctor has yeah. a special cure for her. She's been Skyping with. She's got a cure or Facebook. She's got a cure for her. She's going there with her son. And and, and, and then and, and then when as the thing we were talking about, when. Alexander Schuster, so then you, you flash back from this moment on the on the tarmac, you flash back to this these these things of everybody getting on the plane, and you get to this plane and you get this funny, funny, lovely moment with the stewardess, you know, bringing coffee to the the pilots, and then she and then she, the, the, the she um uh, comes out to the the, the a guy and there's a just like a, a real asshole. Uh, who, who like American Americans, you know, typical boor who just want you know is hassling her and hassling her, and so she uh, wasn't he British? To, was he? Yeah, hey, I think so. No, he's Scottish. Yeah, he's like an American boor, but he, maybe he was British. Uh, no, you, you mean the, the no? That was a Scottish guy. He was a Scottish guy. Yeah, Scottish. Okay, his accent was Scottish. Yeah, his accent was Scottish. Yeah, I should recognize that. You, you mean you mean, mean that the 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 painting the ass blonde guy that was in first class. Yeah, that's the or guy. Whoever he was. All right, so the Scottish. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it's she goes Scottish to guy. Alexander Shear, that who's a, a fellow uh, airline steward, whatever we call them these days, flight attendant. Uh, um, and 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 she says, oh, he's all yours. And and he does this just lovely effeminate thing. Where, oh, I got it, honey. And he goes, and, and it's very clear <laughs> that the man's very uncomfortable with this effeminate man. So that. Right up to that moment, I've just it's so engaging. It's such an engaging story until the switch. And I'll let somebody else take over now. Yeah, yeah, I, I want to talk about that. It, it was interesting, too, because during that 35, 40 minute intro, we really only see this effeminate man, steward, uh, flight attendant, maybe that. Once you fight attendant, that one scene, and that's it, really. I mean, he, he was really just a background character, otherwise, for that 35, 45 minutes. So uh, it was kind of interesting because they, they actually focused on the blonde flight attendant yeah, the more than, than he. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and they actually hang a hat on the fact that he's a joke, right? That he's a yeah. gag because she says that, you know, like he was like leaning into all the cliches or something like that. Right, all the yes. stereotypes um, uh, of the of the gay flight attendant, and so that's what you see is this guy that's there as a joke in the film, and it's a and and they give us a nice reversal with that. I agreed, very 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 much agreed, and and that reversal when it comes is 
shocking. It's it's just shocking. Right. And the thing that's interesting about about the character too, uh, this flight attendant is that he's lanky, thin. Um, he could play the effeminate man easily if he decided so, but but he also could play. I mean, if if he hadn't been effeminate, you, you could buy it too because I'm lanky, Dan. I know you're lanky, you know, and and, and you know we're we're cisgender males. So yeah, sure. For this guy here, <laughs> it's 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 for this guy here to do um, the like you said the flip and and then show that he's more than just a lanky effeminate man and he's actually something else uh was was yeah that was a huge shock and and i think that made the scene when it occurs even more shocking and especially since you you never figured it would have been an inside job either yeah a hundred percent and that's what what, what i was saying pre-spoiler about the the way they handled the that transition uh, as a as a storyteller as a filmmaker was was wonderful because you know you see some something's going on up at the at near the cockpit area somebody's uh, creating an issue and you think oh okay these are hijackers and then you get a group of people coming up and and you think they're all are these all hijackers this this is, oh they always do this it's all the same that's what i thought oh i've seen this and then it turns out two of them are the marshals are the flight marshals and and you have no idea that this uh, gay steward is one of the bad guys until he suddenly turns on one of the marshals, stabs him just horribly, and then and then and then starts threatening the other one about to tell us where the other where the third one is. It just uh, it was just uh, that it was just it blew my mind. Now I will say that was there was a great uh, switch of the that right there, but ultimately. I, I think it's a little bit of a trope that the that the terrorist group has one dude who's extreme even for them, and the rest of them are not cool with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That. Oh yeah. That's that's like you know the the Gary Busey and Lethal yeah. Weapon. It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's a they right. could be a terrorist or, or, or uh, the 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 the, uh, the guy that was named Grow in in Heat. You remember him? He was the psycho. Yeah. And yeah. Grow. There's there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, exactly. Well done, dude. Well done, Barrett. Um, so yeah, it's a very common trope that out of a group of villains, there's always one crazy psycho um, yeah. that isn't that can barely be controlled. Now, right now, now if he's it's out Joker, of control. Like Ledger, you know that's a different because he's the leader, he's the boss, he's he's the man. But the guy that's out of control, that's a follower. Um, yeah, yeah, that, I, that's a fair point, Eric. It was you that brought up that, that trope, right? That it was a trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So and yeah, I, yeah I that's mean, a fair I liked point. it. I, I enjoyed that trope. I was just pointing it out. Yeah, it was a well done and trope. And, 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 and again, just the, the, because I was just so, as an actor, uh, I was so pleased with that, that performance from sheer, that switch, I thought he just, it was seamless. It was seamless from one to the other without a breath. Uh, just impressed by his acting ability. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that, that's one thing that was solid. And again, me and Barrett watched it uh, dubbed. But either way, um, the, the acting in this film 
uh, was pretty much strong all around. Um, I mean, there was two group, two people that I felt were a little cartoonish, like, like Eric mentioned that, um, our psychopath, uh, villain, um, but he was good. And then of course the Scottish guy, uh, the jackass that just causes all the problems and, and doesn't lock himself down and become normal. After yeah, he, he, he issues was happen. thin brush. Yeah. 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 So, but besides though, besides him and then Eric's point of a, a trope, um, the acting all in all was, was, was fantastic, uh, through and through. And even those two characters that are tropes that we, we just mentioned, uh, the people that acted were, those characters were, were fine as well. They were really good as well. So, uh, all in all, a strong cast indeed, even if it's um, no big names. You know, we're not talking about um, the guy that Quentin Tarantino always puts in his films as one, two Academy Awards from Germany. We're talking about people that we just don't know uh, that well. Christopher Hall. Um, yeah, that's the guy. Thank you. Um, or, or, or Jurgens, right? He's he's another one. But either way, um, I guess uh, we can set it up. Uh, well, I want to I want to ask a question yeah. though before before we keep going. Uh, in the airport, the kid explains uh, the procedure that his mother is going to have. Now, it wasn't made clear to me unless I missed something. Um, do you think the doctor she's talking to in New York knows what's up? Like, is is she so. let him know that she's actually a vampire, or did she make some shit up? I think she he knows. Go ahead, Go ahead Barrett. I was going to say the reason I say that is because whatever is helping her is holding back that side of her. So I feel like he has to know something to make mm. that work. Okay. Right. You, know, you know, my take on it is this. Okay, my take on it is this. And again, I I, I just want to emphasize that one of the things that I really liked about the film was the flashbacks within the flashbacks. So it's good to remember for anyone who is trying to follow this discussion that the scenes that take place on the plane are a flashback from what actually is occurring in present time on the tarmac in Scotland. So that's a good thing. And then there are flashbacks from her, from Perry, the, the lead female. There are her flashbacks about how she became what she is. Um, and and one of the things that that is in that secondary flashback of hers is that she goes to, back to where she became what she became. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we're, we're I think at this point, spoilers have been given. We know she becomes a vampire. Yes. Yeah, go. And, and Netflix gives yeah. that up. So she became a vampire in a very specific set of circumstances we could talk about later. But when she goes back to the place where she became a vampire and and she kills the the father of the son who made her a vampire mm-hmm. um she discovers his trove in the refrigerator of of chemical that supposedly suppresses the urge mm-hmm. along with his supply of, of uh, blood in in bottles and so I think my, so, my so belief you think is that guy had a doctor and that she contacted him. I, I, I don't know whether that was the same doctor. I, you know, the, the, I don't. And it, to me, it doesn't really matter. But what matters to me is that she had these the, this chemical. And so she sent I'm presuming somehow, whether it's the he was the original creator of it. And it's on the bottles, his name or whatever, or whether she just sent some of these to him and said, this is helping me with my 
my problem. Can you can you synthesize this? Can you fix this? Can you make this something along those lines? It's never clearly stated, but it seems to me Mm -hmm. that he may not know she's a vampire, but he knows that she has some kind of a blood disease that his chemicals treat. Well, uh, but again, uh, again, maybe the kid is unreliable narrator because, you know, you know, he's just a kid and, and who right, knows unreliable his mother, t- mother tells him, but whatever his mother tells him. But, but he says to Farid in the airport that we're going to the U S because my mother is, has an appointment with a doctor who's going to do a bone marrow. Bone marrow yeah. But before yeah. that, we've seen her in a zoom with the doctor saying, I've got it all set up for you. Say, say hi to the nurse back there. Hi. Right. Right. He knows that she's coming and that he is. Yeah, he thinks he has a cure for her. So we've already it seen seems that. that he knows that the dark or that she needs to be in the darkness, too. So right, right, right. The, 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 the whole yeah. concept of the flight uh, change in trajectory. Yes. I just I just found the whole concept of a medical cure for vampirism to be. Fascinating. <laughs> and like, maybe I'd like to see another movie about that, because I just thought that was a really interesting concept. I thought so, too. I thought it was an right. interesting way. Right. Well, I- yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess it's un, unanswered. So you, yeah. can, you can gather it was either way. It could be. Uh, it doesn't that, really matter. I was just wondering what everybody thought. I agree, Eric. I don't think it matters. But I thought I, it, what I—that's one of the things that I liked about the way this filmmaker told his story—is mm-hmm. he doesn't give you all the answers. He lets you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's 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 what what it was. Just similar to what, why are the the hijackers doing what they're doing. We never know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so that's a good question, Eric. And, and yeah, I, I, I just think she, she's, you know, drawing, pulling straws or whatever the term is. And, and nothing's going to work anyway. And, and hey, she's hey, Phil, going there. Phil, Phil, you kind of broke up on that. Yeah. You, what, what did you say? Yeah. I said, I said, I think she was uh, pulling straws and ah. just hoped that this guy, Dr would be able to help her and you know the doctor won't really know until he does an exam on her and then when she gets there she's going to find out yeah we can't do a bone marrow transplant because yeah, whatever this yeah, is that, that, that could very well be That's i agree possible too yeah, yeah. which is so, again one of the so, yeah. things i like about the way the story was told indeed indeed um all right uh where else do we want to go where, where do we want to start from here uh do we want to talk about uh Okay, well, we're at the place now where the hijackers have now shown up, and 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 Cher has shown that he's 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 butt fuck crazy. Uh, right, but, but the interesting is, Dan, Dan, if I could interject, the, yeah, of course. The, the the way they show up is they they figure out who the 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 online marshals are. There's three of them. Right. They do a great and, job and, of that too. Yeah, they, they do. Two, I agree. Men, two men and a woman, and and. Once you eliminate the marshals, then you eliminated the law enforcement, unless there's actually a policeman or, or some military person on on that isn't part of the crew. But if you take out the three marshals who are quote unquote part of the crew and take their guns, the, and take their guns, then, then yeah, then then the everybody is is there just hoping they're not going to get killed. Um, so yeah, so go on, Dan. So yeah, so we, they come and they, they take out the three, uh, 
commercials and then right and then you know it's a standard hijacker moment i think you know they you know we have control of the the crazy share comes out covered in blood from multiple stabs on just out of control stabbing the one of the marshals even after he's given up the information and we're controlling your whole plane and yes we're terrorists and oh everybody go to the back of the plane and you all have to go back there and so they you know at that point and, you know, she, the, our lead actress, who we know is a vampire, but they don't. Uh, and her son, who is not, uh, it's just a, an innocent, uh, uh, you know, they're all, you know, and, and our uh, other lead actor, Farid, who is who we find out more about much later, who we met earlier in the airport with the son, where he where the son presented this information about how all of the travel will be in the dark because of the way they're traveling across the, the state line, the world lines, the, what are those called? The timeline, the, the datelines. Uh, dateline? Yeah. Yeah. The datelines, uh, yeah. Timelines, datelines, international. Yeah. So the, so the international datelines so that we're calling the way we're traveling, it will always be in the dark until we, so we'll start in the dark, even though it's daytime over there now, but when we arrive in New York, it will be dark. So that's, you know, some hints there, but not heavy handed, which I loved. Uh, and that introduced us to the character Farid, who is uh, Islamic or uh, Arabic, uh, but also German speaking. Uh, so, so then, yeah. Yeah. so then at this point, you know, now we're thinking we're watching. If you, again, if you don't know what's going on, you think you're watching just a standard terrorist hijack film, and and uh, then it, we start to see her flashbacks, and we start to understand who she's become. That, and I'll let somebody take over from there. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so, uh, yeah. I mean, it, the flashbacks come uh, at different times in the film, so we learn more and more as the film goes. But the first flashback basically is uh, her, her husband, and her young baby, which is is her son now, who's much older, um, have a, a car incident. It, uh, bur- you know, breaks down for some reason. They're in the middle of nowhere, uh, Germany. Uh, you know, rural area, and so the husband. And it's the middle of winter, and so the husband has to go walking uh, to wherever. And you know, who knows how long. Try and get some help. Right? So, Try and find some help. Yeah. Fix the car. Exactly. Or get a phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. 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 Or, or, or yeah, a passenger comes by or something. Yeah. So there, you know, and whatever they're, um, um, and then eventually, what she she decides to go looking for him because he's. Yeah, but again, when I said that one of the things I loved about this is it's an immaculate way of telling a story. Uh, one of the things that I loved was that moment, actually. So she and the baby are sitting in the car and the snow is coming down heavily, heavily, and they're starting to freeze. And she eventually realizes if I stay in this car, which doesn't work, so they're freezing, I, I'm going to die here with my kids. So I've got to go find my husband. And and she starts following. And it's it's it, other filmmakers might have made a big in issue of this and you know tried to create and other filmmakers would have just ignored it but what this filmmaker did and i just thought it was such the filmmaker and the dp what they did it was such a just a simple choice was they show you just briefly her walking in his footsteps in the deep snow so you can see that she's trying to find him and she's she sees his footsteps in the deep snow. So she is walking in his footsteps. So that's 
It's it's a nothing, and yet it's a nice touch. It's a beautiful touch, and it's and it's simple, and it just says, okay, you know, other films, oh, she just magically somehow find the house where he is, where he's been killed. It's just magic. Or oh, I'm making a big deal. I'm showing you she's walking into his. And instead, it was just like I think it was like one shot, maybe a half a shot even of her walking in his footsteps. Unless you caught it, which I didn't the first time, I did the second time. You wouldn't know. So that kind of those kind of touches are why I was so impressed with this filmmaker. So she goes to the house. She she finds her her bloodied husband dead. And then this monster comes after her and she fights it off. She grabs something to attack him. What was it? Because I didn't I couldn't tell him the second time. Anybody know? It was a long pole of some sort. Something. Yeah, Yeah. it was it was a specified pole type thing. You know, so it could have been anything. So he's coming at her through this louvered window and she's stabbing at him with this pole through the louvered window and he bites her hand and now we know right. she's a vampire and that that is i think it's like 30 minutes into the film so it's really at this point is the only that is the first time if you didn't have any teasers and spoilers and blah blah it was at this point that you now know oh she's a vampire or a zombie right to go to right Michael's point. Well, and I, I didn't want to say this before the spoiler flag, um, but when he made the comparison to zombies, uh, this film actually has uh, a bit in common with uh, Train to Busan. Yes, indeed. A hundred percent. Yes, because the transitions are so quick. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's in, in a uh, moving vehicle that's thin and long, uh, not much to do. Uh, or to go and then, forward, or you can go backward, and that's <laughs> yeah. just about it. Right, right. And everybody that's there with you is either friend or foe, um, and could become foe just by a quote unquote a zombie bite, or, or in this case, a vampire bite. Um, so yeah, and agreeing with, with with Michael on this, this goes against, and it's one of the things I liked about it because, as you had said before, we gave spoilers. This this is um, this kind of genre film, a vampire genre film. This is was very unique for me anyway. I, you know, I think the only genre film of of vampires that I really loved other than this was the original Swedish. Let the right one in, uh, because that was the first time I saw a vampire film. And I went, holy fuck, that's a different telling of this story. And this is the second film that I went. That is a really different telling of the vampire story this is what i really liked about it yeah yeah that's fair that's fair i mean that's that's the thing um you know when you have a old subgenre uh that at one point only like what 10 years ago was was overdone and yeah for sure and and then it just became you know the same old same old same old same old and then you have uh other films that that do twists and i know mike didn't like the film but me and barrett did uh bliss that that had an originality to um a vampire and uh and this one yeah this one kind of does too uh mike what do you think about this one and the it 
having some originality or, or making it stick out compared to you know the dozens of, of vampire films that used to come out six years ago or seven years ago. Well, the the vampires themselves, I mean, you're at the point now where vampires more so than 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 I think almost any other standard horror creature is kind of a mix and match um, of all the different iterations. So you can always see echoes of uh, things that have come before. They, you know, sometimes the sunlight kills them, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes crosses, sometimes not. And you just keep kind of going through all these things. Sometimes you have the, the beautiful vampires, sometimes you have the monstrous vampires, sometimes you have the Nosferatu vampires. What this actually reminded me of um, is the uh, very beginning of both the book and the TV show The Strain. Because that starts yep. with basically, uh, unbeknownst in theory, unless you know, you, you know what the book is you're reading, uh, to the audience that a bunch of people have been murdered on an airplane that has landed in New York. Uh, and you'll find out that they've been murdered by vampires and they're turned into vampires and it starts the vampire apocalypse. Um, and so that, I, I kind of got sort of like this could have been had they chosen to veer left a little bit. Um, this could have almost been the prequel to The Strain, which is not a problem, which is not a bad thing. It's very hard to tell a story that isn't, someone hasn't done something similar to at some point. But this was not the story that they told. Um, the vampires themselves kind of reminded me a bit of uh, 30 Days of Night because they had kind of that same look. Yeah, you know, somewhere between 30 Days yeah, of yeah. Night and, you know, Nosferatu, actually, if you want to go, go classic. Yeah. Definitely um, had that, I, I that like, you know, pointy ears and, and bald heads and you know, horrible fangs. Yeah, kind of but, but, if, but if I could interject, uh, yeah, the 30 Days of Night, I've heard, seen some other people on social media mentioned that and that's fair because the vampires in this film unless they're using that drug to quell their their transformation uh are basically zombies or or the or the creatures from 30 days a night where they are vampires they're, they're not people who turn to vampires or or can hide as people these vampires when they're vampires they're stuck as vampires similar to like you know 28 days later zombies or something i felt so that yeah, and, and i, I want to interject one more thing here at this point because it, it seems apropos uh and that is that that one of the things you don't see yeah you, we've seen it it's not like 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 i think mike said there's nothing new under the sun in this genre but uh, so we've seen echoes of it other places but this is the sympathetic vampire at least our lead vampire is the sympathetic vampire we we want her to succeed she is our hero uh um she is the one trying to save everybody uh especially her son and and you know there's that relationship mother son which is interesting uh but but uh like as in let the right one in a little bit we have a kind of a sympathetic vampire we have a vampire who we want to side with and i i really enjoyed that uh, uh, and and you know we have the bad guys who are these horrible terrorists who are doing horrible things for whatever reason we don't know versus this vampire at least in the beginning who we we really want to succeed i i, I liked that aspect of this film and also Something I picked up more on my second viewing of this film than I did the first time is that it seems that the further 
she gets from her last dose of whatever medicine that was, um, the further away she gets from her humanity. So for the vast majority of the movie, she still got her humanity and she's still trying to do the right thing. Um, and then by the time everything concludes and the plane gets on the ground, um, she's, she's gone past that point. Bingo. And, 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 and it goes back and it goes back to uh, the man. She talks to the father who, who of the son who she killed the vampire son she killed when mm-hmm. he said it goes back to what he said, which is a lovely uh, foreshadowing. Uh, that evil, the evil always wins it, it, with this curse. It's all the evil always wins. The evil in us always wins. Well, and I thought that there was a particularly beautiful scene towards the end of the movie um, when the son, or her son, is in the sunlight on the plane, mm. um, and he keeps on trying to hug her, and she, and she keeps on shutting. Oh my God! The, when they're in the, the cargo light. area, and that, and there's that that. There's that breach of sun, the, the 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 open bay area, where there's that sun coming in, which Farid used to destroy our our, our horrible monster vampire. <laughs> right. uh, uh, and, and she's on one side and he's on the other. And if you look in the background, there are other vampires behind the the boy behind Carl. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. They're behind him trying to move forward, but they can't because of that sun that he's in. Yeah, I agree, Eric. Fantastic moments. Indeed. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Uh, that that's a, that's a really good point, the, the, especially the first point you brought up, Eric, about the humanity. Uh, because, again, she, our lead character, just like the father of the monster that bit her, are humans that were probably good of heart, you know, just normal people that got... Um, I guess uh, uh, virus by this this vampirism, and and it turns them, you know, you know, like 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 a, a real sickness, uh, AIDS or cancer or you know, you can name anything, hepatitis. It, it eventually deteriorates you and and takes your life. Here, it's taking their humanity. While we have our sociopaths who who was willingly, you know, it's it's like it's like it's like if you know you have a, a a big weapon and if you have the wrong person that's responsible for that big weapon you're in trouble and she like the father were responsible people who didn't want this while we have the sociopath who is irresponsible and he has this weapon and he just goes nuts Right. And, he, and so, he, he, he wants to kill people and he, he has no morality and therefore becoming a vampire to him just is more power. Right. To him, exactly. it's the perfect choice. He becomes the perfect thing he wants to be, which is perfect yeah. evil. He, that's what he wants. And, well, and, 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 and that moment when he makes the, the, the choice was was kind of awesome uh, when uh, initially he re- he's the first one. Uh, we should point this out uh, as long as we're just ruining, as long as spoilers have been given, and we're just ruining this film for anybody who, who cares about spoilers. Uh, um, he he has a, a, a he is the first one of all of the people on the plane of all of the terrorists. He's the first one who realizes she's a vampire. He goes, uh-huh. oh, she's a vampire, 
and we need to attack her as a vampire. And everybody else is like, get the fuck out of here. He's got, he's got that ultraviolet light that they, that they again, lovely foreshadowing. They use the ultraviolet light to find a secret message written by whoever was setting up the whole hijacking plan. There's something written in the floor. Here you go, fuckers, or something like that. And he, he, they use that ultraviolet light to find that hidden message, which leads them to something. Bomb? No, something else. Anybody remember what that what the message? Oh, the, the, it was a computer, wasn't it? A computer or something, or, or, or it was the bombs? The bombs that they. No, were I don't think it was the bomb. The bomb was in the uh, the yeah. bomb was in the cargo hold. Yeah. Oops. Oh, oh, it was a computer. Didn't it? Wasn't it a computer that told them what cargo hold it was in? I thought that's what it was. I, I don't know. Uh, just darn it! I just saw it yesterday too, but yeah. I'm old. Same. And I things. Same. Uh, anyway, whatever. So they've so they've already they've already kind of foreshadowed and preset that they that they have this ultraviolet flashlight, and so our our, our true monster uh, Alexander Shear grabs that and says, "I'm going to show you that she, you know that she's a vampire, and we can attack her with this." And he starts taking a a hockey stick and he starts sharpening the end of the hockey stick into a stake, which I just loved. So, yeah, so then, so then, you know, he's the first one who knows she's a vampire and accepts it a hundred percent. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. He's, he's on board. (laughs) Well, and, and also this interesting about him too, compared to the other hijackers is obviously anybody that does a crime like this, there's something wrong in their head, but yeah, but the, you know, the, there there are people that will do suicide bombings, and that, and then there's people that are like mobsters or whatever that want to do what they do, but they they want to survive too. So the other terrorists are the ones that want to you know bail on the plane and and fly and land on uh, uh, land somewhere with with parachutes. But this guy here is, is more like the suicide bomber. Oh wait, 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 Phil, that's what it was. It was it, it, the thing that they found uh, with the with the ultraviolet light was something that told them uh, the coordinates of where they were supposed to be. That's what it was. Yeah. Jump. Because they all yep. have parachutes yep. and they're all going to jump out of the plane. They they make everybody think there's poison gas, which is nonsense. And they make them right. all think they're going to gas with fake gas masks. And they make a big joke out of it. But the reality is it has nothing to do with it. They're just going to jump out of the plane at a certain coordinate. That's what it was. Speaking of coordinates, there was one uh, line delivery I loved in this movie from uh, Dominic Purcell uh, when when shit started to go haywire and and they're locked out of the cockpit and he has a radio that he's talking to somebody on. And at one point he says in a in a very calm voice on the radio, um, please stand by for new coordinates. And then immediately afterward just goes, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> in the whole film, Eric, I laughed so hard. <laughs> that was great. Now, now, part part of the the terrorist plans uh, were was interesting as well. Basically, they got three uh, Islamic folk, people of that faith, uh, two um, just normal, regular people that just happen to be Muslim. And uh, then, including our, 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 our <laughs> who we next learn is a major player is Farid. Right, uh, right, the, exactly. The, and, the one with the kid and, already interacted in the airport. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then there was a third guy too, like some Scottish guy that, that was a convert and was like a, a kook. And, and they got him on the plane by setting up some sort of 
because there's an inside job, they're able to transfer three Muslim folk onto this plane to um, go to this fake convention or something. And yeah, it was also yeah, yeah very clear also that they also had the manifest yeah, and that they set up the, the this fake convention yeah in yeah, New York. And yeah. so and so what they did was they tried to make these Muslim folk basically you know say we're terrorists and this and that and blah 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 we're here to make a point and whatever so they're going to try to frame it this explosion and this destruction of this plane as a muslim terrorist attack um and so they force uh the guys to to say this speech two of them can't do it but farid who's able to at least uh keep himself together uh agrees to do it and he does um, well, yeah, he he reads the Arabic uh, uh, portion, which the other, which one guy doesn't read Arabic, the Scottish guy, and the other guy yeah. reads Arabic, but he's terrified and he just can't. He's stumbling through it and he just can't read it. He's just he's like he's like almost crying. He's the one that gets yeah. shot. That's it. And he starts. No, he's reading. the guy. He did not. It was the uh, Scottish guy. Yeah, it was the Scottish. That's what I meant. I thought that's who he was talking about. The Scottish yeah. guy. So there were three. Yeah. There's the Scottish guy, and the Scottish guy just can't doesn't do read Arabic. Arabic. And then they give it to the other guy in the middle who reads Arabic, but he reads it and he's yeah, just the, terrified. Uh, the, 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 uh, this is the, what is he, a, a pilot? He's, he's like a learning to become a pilot. Right. I guess, but. right, that's right. He's the one who said he went to flight school. That Right, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the third one is Fareed, who obviously reads Arabic fluently. And he reads the Arabic perfectly and calmly, but then he adds his own addition to the Arabic. Right, right. That was awesome, which is... Yeah, well, uh, this. He's reading the whole thing Arabic. We're we're terrorists and we're going to blow up London. And we we're doing this for the cause and Mohammed is blessed. And, and then he adds in, we're being held here. We're kidnapped. We're hostages, and help us. And then and and Allah Akbar. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Clearly, the English guy or the or German English guy uh, uh, Dominic. He says, yeah, and he shoots the fucking uh, the, the the Scottish guy in the head, and goes. Uh, now read it like it's written. So it's, he says it in Arabic. So he obviously speaks Arabic fluently. Right, right. That, that was a, that was a pretty awesome scene. Great moment. Yeah, yeah. So Farid has to say it again um, and basically uh, frame himself for for murder, basically. Yeah. Uh, as a hijacker. As a terrorist. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. As a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was pretty cool. Um, now, now I, I did like. Dominic Purcell's character too, because even though he's calm and, and relaxed, he was insane too, because he's the one that uh, says, all right, let's start shooting passages until they open the goddamn door. Yeah. And, you know, and, and so basically what happens is our vampire woman, yeah, she, you know, escapes and, and, and grabs the, um, Oh wait, 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 no, no, Actually, no, she no, 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 wait, wait. She had the, our, our crazy guy, uh, uh Sheer shoots her. Uh, the, her son runs away. Uh, he, he he looks at the plans of the airplane and he realizes there's a there's a way to get down underneath the plane and escape from the terrorists and find a place to to hide out and and maybe a, a, a form of some plan. So he tears out trying to get down to the un, under underneath of the plane. She runs after him and Sheer uh, takes a gun and just shoots her like three times in the heart or yeah, chest, exactly. right, and she's right. dead. She's dead. And and her son just screaming for her, and they grab the son and throw him back into the into the passenger compartment. 
and and Dominic uh, Purcell, the Berg, I think his character is. He, he says, uh, "Just stay here, kid. Stay here. Stay seated." That's that's one of the things I really liked about these guys is that they didn't fuck around, right? That there would have been all sort of foot dragging about shooting her when they pull the person in front of the the door. You know, and they you know open the door, or you know, they're, they're going to shoot the person, and they do it. And then when it comes time to person number two, what do they do? They grab a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to well, say something it's about psycho. this because it's because psycho. the psycho grabs the little girl and threatens her yeah. with a knife in front of her parents, and the guy and Berg Dominic Purcell, he's like. You're such an asshole to sheer. Yeah. He takes the kid and he uses it because because he's he's a, say, he's a professional. He's and they're all going to whatever be it takes to get the job done. But I don't think he would have grabbed a kid. Yeah. No, but it's but but he still did end up grabbing her. He does acknowledge he's an asshole. But the truth is, if that's your goal is to get through the door, that's your best bet right there. I ag- yep. Agreed. And, 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 and again, one of the and, and lovely sure things about work. this filmmaker telling the story is the way he sets things up about individual characters, choices and about indivi- the, the everybody knew who they were and what their reasons were for doing things, even though we as the audience may not know. And it's a lovely thing. Lovely well, I mean, that's thing. the thing about Purcell's character is that he is the ultimate professional because even he though is. this yeah. other guy's a dink to bring the kid. The point is, is that he knows all these passages are dead anyway because they're going to be blown up the plane. So he kills her now or not, does it really matter? And as Mike said, even if the psychopath did it because he's just a psychopath, psychopath. (laughs) the point is, yeah, that was going to be the thing that would get the door open because who wants to see a kid get killed? And and you see that, you know what, as as an actor, again, these are things I look at, but as an actor, you see that decision made by uh the dominic's character by berg you see him look at the at the he looks at he looks at sheer as, as as our crazy guy he looks at him like you're such an asshole you're such a monster i wish i could kill you right now you see him give him that look and then he looks at the kid and he goes but yeah this will work and he makes that yep. decision yep. lovely choice. well and, and plus do you want to waste another Right, exactly right. Well, this is what we've got to work with. We're going to work with this. This should work. Right. My guess is this is going to work. She had a son. This is probably going to work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Great, great filmmaking, great uh, acting choices. Sure, sure. Actually, actually, it's a good uh, script writing point, too, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, Yeah. So who knows, you know, who knows where the where the written word ends, where the director and the actor's work takes off. You never do know. Uh, only right. the actors and the director and the writer know that. Uh, uh, but we we skip forward a little bit, so I just want to go back a second. It, she's been shot, and the kid's been taken away from her, and we think, oh my God, she's dead, because the kid says she's right. you know is is clearly in mourning. And even though we and we do know at this point she is a vampire, we still think, well, you know, we don't know what kind of vampire stories this is. Does it really take a stake? Maybe three bullets kills her. We don't know. We get that other flashback. This is the I think if my memory is correct, this is the flashback that takes us back to where she confronts the father, burns him alive in the house and takes his medicine. Am I right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. 
And then we see her come to life, crawl down underneath, underneath the, the plane into the cargo area. We see her. So we realize, oh, she really is a vampire and no bullets aren't going to kill her. Right. But she is bleeding horribly. And and this I think uh, I can't remember if it was Mike or Eric who made this point. But it was one of the things, again, that I loved about this film was we see her have to make choices as a character. She has she knows that she's dying or very weak because of the loss of blood because of the gunshots. And so she she chooses a little dog. Sorry, Philip, I know you and I both. Yes, there's, there's, dog. there's dog deaths in this. There's too. dogs barking crazy because she's a vampire and in cages in the cargo hold and she chooses a little dog and you can see her kind of struggling with even that but, choice but but little dogs don't count <laughs> <laughs> i was going to say and she chooses a little dog which is how you know she's our hero no, if she, if she chose like a basset hound, then no, that's that's unforgivable. You're well, a shepherd. See, that's, 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 the, that's the thing is that there's some psychopaths on this podcast. Well, there's others who like all animals, whether they're guinea pigs, any type of dog or cats, which are the same size as small dogs. No, no, so but the cat I'm size with, are the I'm size they're supposed that. to be. This is an asshole. <laughs> Psychopath, scumbag. Hey, I have a little dog, so back off. Back exactly. off right now. Never! Don't make me be a psychopath on you. So she kills the little dog and she drains his blood. Clearly because she needs it and she, she knows that she's in a position now where she's going to have to fight. So it's her first step. And, and, and it's such a reluctant step. And there's even a point, I, if I recall correctly, before that, where she thinks about injecting herself with the drug. Well... Can I yeah, interject that's right. here real quick? She's about injecting herself with a drug to control her urge, but then she hears something about the bomb or some, some yeah, I'm pretty sure she hears something or uh, about the, the guy who's coming to, to, to get the bomb engaged. And that's when she makes the decision, I have no choice here. I have to be strong enough to, to stop this. Save my son. Save my yeah. son. Save, save, save my son, yes. So I have a question about her abilities and stuff. It seems like because she's been fighting it for so long that she weakens more quickly in, the beginning, in the beginning, at least. I agree. I totally agree. I okay. totally agree. She's been controlling this with this, whatever this drug is, uh, drinking a small amount of blood and then injecting herself with whatever this drug is. And, and it totally controls her and it weakens her it's very clear it, i mean there's clearly some ecstasy involved when she drinks the blood yeah yeah it, what it is dan it, it kind of reminds me and, and and again this is a metaphor for age or cancer or something mm -hmm. it's the medicine that helps those folks fight those horrible diseases in some ways makes them sick and, and you know like, like chemotherapy or, I totally or whatever i agree i totally yeah. agree philip i think that's absolutely what they were saying i agree yeah so then, so yeah, uh, Barrett, to your point, yeah, I think it weakens her, and and then that's one of the things that I, that I think Michael was talking about uh, earlier, that the, we see her slide throughout from uh, from her first choice here, which is a simple one, which is I have to stop these terrorists, and and killing the terrorist and stopping him from making uh, from completing the bomb at the point she does, to to eventually she just she just she keeps get, she keeps getting forced into positions 
where she has to lose her humanity and become more and more of the creature. And throughout, there's always her control is her son who always bring her back from the brink as she's heading further and further from the brink. And, and, but she, she, that, that, that's that internal struggle against the external struggle. Wonderful storytelling. Yeah. 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 Cause it finally I, I, outweighs what she's, what she can fight. So eventually she can't fight it anymore. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I also like, like the fact that, uh, th- these vampires aren't necessarily superheroes either. They're, they're, they, I mean, obviously guns and stuff don't hurt them and stuff. I mean, they hurt them, but they hurt. Don't... Yeah, they, they're but, but they, they hurt quite a bit, but, but they're not superheroes like we've seen in some, you know, vampire films. So I like that. Yeah, and I also like the bullets pop out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, and I also liked the fact that they, they went with uh, uh, human and body physics. Right. Because even though she's a vampire, the, the, the psychopath's a man. And so he's just going to have a different build and strength than she does. So when they're fighting back to back, it, it doesn't surprise me that he gets the upper hand all the time. So, you know, and, and that's just general, you know, I mean, again, there's, there's women that can kick all our asses for sure. But, but if you know, it's just two random people that you meet on this, on an airplane, the man, unfortunately, in this case is going to win because he's a man. And even though they're both vampires, I, I, Philip, I, usually I, I agree with you. in this case, I'm, I think I'm going to disagree. I don't think it has to do with the sex, uh, w- whether a man or a woman, I think it has to do with who he was uh, as a human being. This, he's an amoral monster and she yeah, is he not. Totally, he totally falls into everything that that form is about. Yeah. But if he was a weak, individual meaning physically weak uh, wouldn't she have been able to kick his ass well but again but he wasn't he wasn't again she does kick his ass or or, well there's a sequence where they're yeah you know there is the battle between them and he does he does he does beat her to a point where uh, without the interdiction of Farid and Elias, there, there wouldn't have been, she, yeah, she probably she would have died. But, but, um, but again, I think that has less to do with their, their gender difference and more to do with their personality difference, uh, what they are at their cores, uh, uh, personally. Okay. okay. She doesn't really yeah, want yeah. to be fighting even. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. We've seen where people turn into monsters or super villains or superheroes based off of their inner soul. Yeah, that determines what they become. And, you know, uh, I, I know, Eric, you read the, the book, Swan Song. People became become monsters in that book if their mm-hmm. souls are bad. While if they're good souls, they turn into eventually, um, you know, angelic looking people. Uh, what, what book is this? Uh, the Swan, Swan Song. Uh, Swan Song. Again. Yeah. Swan Song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's like the stand. It's like a, a thousand page yeah. opus. Of, <laughs> I was just of, about uh, to say it's Robert McCannon's version of the stand. Okay, yeah. well, I like McCannon, so I'll definitely be reading that for sure. Yeah, it's it's a really good book. Yeah, you you would like it for sure. And and so here, yeah, you could I could see what you're saying there, Dan. That that since his soul is rotten when he becomes a vampire, he be, is consumed quicker to of to pure evil as you know the father of the original vampire said. Than say 
her or or even even the father. Right. She, yeah, she she's constantly fighting against the evil. She's constantly trying to retain her humanity. And again, a lot of that is because her son is there to help her and other people are there to try and help her retain her humanity. Uh, and it really isn't only until the very, very end of the film that her humanity is gone. Uh, as I, I, I think Eric's or Michael, I can't remember which one of you guys, you guys, Eric and Michael, you guys might be the same person. I'm not sure. <laughs> there are pictures of us in the same place at the same time. Exactly my point. I've done double exposure before. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, so let's, step back uh, uh, another second here because we haven't really talked about how Alexander Shears becomes what he becomes. And I thought that was a really, I know this is a moment where you Phil, you thought this film kind of deteriorated a little for you. I liked it, uh, which is he uh, realizing she's a vampire, proving it by shining the ultraviolet light in her flashlight in her face and, and she shies away from it because sunlight, in this case, is one of the vampire truths. Uh, um, so she, um, she, so he now knows. He now knows for sure, and he tries to kill her with the um, hockey stick. Uh, and and uh, the son, Elias, uh, interrupts somehow. Anybody remember how? He gets the gun. That's right. Holy shit. How could I have forgotten that? He gets he gets a hold of a gun that's gone loose and he points it at uh, Alexander Shear, who is still a human being, although crazy at this point. And Alexander Shear. Uh, so he saves he saves his mom from being stabbed with the hockey stick sharpened into a stake. And Alexander Shear uh, starts to move forward onto uh, uh, the son, Elias. Uh, and Elias is like holding the gun and pointing at him and, and Shear's going, do you know, can you really shoot a human being? Can you shoot somebody? Do you know how to shoot somebody? As he's moving closer and closer, again, a trope. We've all seen a million yeah. times. Yeah, I want to talk For sure. But then, and, and again, this is even also a bit of a trope, but the, what happens is the somehow the kid's gun gets knocked to the side uh, and he fires just as, as uh, Shear's approaching him and it and because of that, uh, it shoots out of one of the windows, one of the windows in the airplane, which depressurizes the plane immediately. Great moment. Yeah, it actually kills uh, the pilot in training. Actually, That's right. That's correct. The pilot yeah. in training is killed for that. Yeah, yeah he dies. Yep. Now, now let's, let's, let's talk about uh, uh, that scene for a second. Um, yeah, again, it's it's through the perspective of a young lad. So, again, who knows how a young lad would... would would act at that moment but young again, lad well whatever <laughs> young I'm, lad. I'm, I'm, I'm being british for the day, night yeah so so th this this kid uh chickens out to fire the gun now we, we've seen these and like you said dan it's a trope which is uh most of the time they never fire the gun in the movie right but it, and, and, and the bag takes it away from him usually. Right, right, exactly. Now, now again, it's a kid, so or a lad, if you prefer. A young lad. A young lad. Um, maybe he would chicken out and not do it, but I, I just can't believe he wouldn't have pulled the trigger. I mean, if I was me, and I'm an adult, 
I would have pulled the trigger and then I would have walked over and, and made, put two more in his head and one in his chest. Yeah, yeah but come on. Well, come he on. hesitated but long sure enough. He did fire kid. it. He's probably never but, fired a gun in his life. He doesn't know how to fire a gun. He isn't gun but, trained. Uh, and the idea that, of really taking a human being's life. Well, that's that's why I'm framing it as a, a young lad. But again, <laughs> this is the guy that's already killed. We always have this conversation. And was about to yeah, kill. Yeah, so, so you're still trying to rationalize the situation. It's irrational. You're also forgetting he's a little German boy. He's not an American. Germans we were raised to here. want to shoot the fuck out of everybody. Yeah. And little German boys were raised to feel bad about Nazis. Yeah, but all right, but again, and it's we, just hard for anybody have... to kill their first person. I mean, come on. So, I, 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 Phil, you say this. It was for me. I got to step in. Phil, you say this, but the reality is if somebody puts a gun in your hand and a human being is walking towards you, I guarantee you, you may think you can pull that trigger, but you may not be able to. It is a horrible a, thought. It is a, a bad, horrible thought to take a human being's life. I, I agree. Not, not I unless I you're a sociopath. Unless you're a sociopath. I don't even support the death penalty, but... If I if that was me and that guy was there, I would have made sure he's dead and I would be sleeping well at night. So Phil dreams about killing people. Yeah. You guys, because I'm if a little I, worried about Phil. If yeah. I put myself <laughs> in that situation where we have a, an evil bastard that's already murdered a handful of people that and was about to murder my mother. I would put two in the head and one in the chest and then and, and have a drink and, and sleep well at night. Yes, I admit it. I, and I will say this. I will say this. I, I get your point. I do, Phil. I, I understand what you're saying, but just... And I wouldn't even feel guilty. And, 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 of course, you shouldn't. And, of course, it would be the right thing to do. But the reality of something and the fiction of something are two very different things. Right. Yeah, yeah. and that's a fair point. That's a fair point. How you know yeah. you'd feel or you think you'd feel, yeah, and the reality are different. Right. That, that, well, well, yeah. it, well, it depends on, on the motion that comes up. If If I... Uh, if if the road now make sure now, now you're like ten years old and you've never yeah. held a gun in your life sure. and he actually did fire it's just he got he the guy got close enough to make the gun go out of range and right. shoot out a window the difference is though the difference is at age ten Phil was watching Taxi Driver <laughs> exactly are you, are you talking to me are you talking to me talking to me. That's right. I was Robert De Niro killing all those fucking pimps. You're damn right, dude. You're a, you're absolutely right, Eric. Absolutely. So at ten years old, I would have been sleeping well. Sociopath. And this is no, what I meant earlier well, when I said we often go a bit off topic. Right. But uh, that's not a sociopath. Sociopath is someone oh that, that 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 does things horribly and doesn't feel guilt. So and that would be our character, Alexander Shear. Getting back to the movie, yeah. right? Fair enough. All right, so we'll get back to the movie. But but it was a good conversation. I like that conversation. Oh, it was a fantastic conversation. Are you kidding me? It's one of the reasons I like doing these podcasts with you guys. There's always really interesting points that come up. Absolutely. So, twelve uh, year old Scotch, and I'd be sleeping well at night. So let's yeah. move on. All right. So, so so we've shot out the window. Now the plane is depressurized and the masks are falling down and people are scrabbling to to get air. And the 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 terrorist pilot, you know, that somebody is saying somebody points out that we've got, I don't know, very short period of time 
before we all collapse and we, we need to bring the plane down. Yes, because if they don't, um, they're all going to die from from uh, lack of lack, lack of oxygen. Yeah, exactly. Anoxia. Yeah, yeah. So they have to do it quick. Yeah, and, and so they do. They eventually see it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the guy's dead. He he opens the door. The 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 Arab guy that opens the door to try to find a. Uh, uh, a gas mask, one of those masks that fall from the from the ceiling, and then he croaks, and so the door is open, right? Isn't that how it is? Yeah, it's something that you know. It, we actually kind of missed a, a huge plot point really early on, which I will now point out, since we've already run many many spoilers, um, and that is that the co-pilot uh, of the plane oh, is actually yeah. one of the terrorists. Yep. He's yep. actually yeah. been part of the inside job. Yep, he's And I say terrorists when the reality is these are just hijackers and they're doing it for some form of monetary gain, one presumes. Um, but he is, uh, he's actually killed the pilot with poison of some sort. Uh, he's poisoned the pilot and the pilot is dead and dumped. The body has been dumped. So uh, we, we, we learned this fairly early on during the, the hijack sequence, that the the co-pilot is one of them. Anyway, go on. Well, and the guy trying to fly the plane, the Arab guy, is trying to hold the door closed and get to the oxygen mask. That's right. That's right. right. And he can't reach the oxygen mask, and and at some point he just goes unconscious, and then he's dead. Right, right. He was dead. He was dead either way. So if he didn't hold the door, he was dead because they were coming in. But if he didn't grab the gas mask, he's dead. And And even though the gas mask is important you don't you don't want the sociopaths in there because you definitely don't. right <laughs> so i could see why he did what he did to try to stop them to get it in before going for the oxygen and here's two more points that we should probably point out for those who don't care about spoilers one is that the hijackers have intentionally turned the plane around to get to their coordinates and that turning the plane around is bringing the plane back into the sunlight yep. instead of on the original path to New York. And that our vampire heroine is trying to get the plane turned back around mm-hmm. to head back into the darkness. Right. Now, the reason they want but those specific but coordinates is going too low. And you're gone. Right. 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 And, and also the reason they want those specific coordinates is because, as one of the hijackers says, we don't want to be jumping out of the plane in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Right. And they so have that, some specific place they're trying to go, but we have no idea why or what they're trying to do. Right, right, right. It's somewhere in what we can assume is Western Europe or Scandinavia yep. or something. Yep. Because it was heading towards New York from, from Berlin or, or wherever. Until so they turned around and it was very clearly heading back towards Europe. Europe. Yeah, they, were, they were coming in from mid-Atlantic, Phil, so it would have been, I think, over the islands somewhere. I, I, I think that's probably right. Where, wherever their coordinates were, and we, we never know, and we'll never yeah. find out because they're all dead. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, it's somewhere in Europe. And, Even, and again, an at this or, point, or our, our heroine is has made choices. Uh, she's killed certain terrorists. She's drunk blood. She is she is working. She's becoming more and more vampiric in order to try and save her son and the people on the plane. Right. And the people on the plane, oddly, some of them are kind of her enemy because 
I mean, that's, she's a vampire, and it's like, holy shit. We're, well, yeah, they, they're, we they're all terrified, and they're all running yeah. away from her and, and, yeah. until some people realize that she's actually trying to help, Fareed included, and the, the, the guy who announces he's a policeman. Yes, that's right. That's right, yeah. yeah. Well, and at what point does Fareed get his hand chopped off? Oh, God, that was awesome. Okay, so at some point, as things are progressing further and further down the line, and things are getting more and more tense, um, I don't, I, I, okay, so, okay, you know, before we get there, we should go back to this point, which is where I was trying to get to, which is, so at some point, our, our monster, our true monster, Alexander Shear, the, the crazy, I think his Carl was his name, Carl, is that right? I can find that out for you right now, and it is uh, Carl. Carl? Yeah. Oh no, no, it wasn't Carl. No, it wasn't Carl. That was the Danish guy. Uh, his was uh, uh, Robert Eightball. No, not yeah. Carl. Alexander Shear as Robert Eightball. Yeah, I saw that. In the, I saw that. I I saw that, but I think maybe that was his like steward name. Is it flight attendant name? Oh. I think. I think his name was Carl. Anyway, regardless. All right, there was a Danish guy, a terrorist, call, about, played by Roland Mueller, uh, and his name was Carl. But either way, yeah, we, we got your point. Eight ball. Eight anyway, ball. that's eight ball. We'll call him eight ball. I'm, I'm fine with eight ball. So eight ball, our crazy Alexander Shear, who recognized the vampire. He, at some point, he, re, he, 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 before he tries to kill her with the uh, stake, with the hockey stick stake, he takes a, a syringe and he extracts her blood. Right. And, and oh, by the way, Carl was the one that kept trying to stop him from doing his psycho stuff. Oh, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know why the name Carl stuck for him for me in my brain. Anyway, so she, he gets a syringe of her blood. So then, as as things progress, the the battle between that the, the heroine and Carl progress, and somebody shoots Carl. Was it the kid who shot Carl? I, I'm sorry, eight ball. Uh, eight ball. Shot? Yeah. Oh yeah, who the hell? No, it was the wasn't it the policeman? Was it the policeman? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was. At, at some point, a policeman announces, "I'm a policeman." No, it's her. It's her. She gets the gun and she's firing. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's she hits right. him in the shoulder. That's right. 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 So she shoots him. So he runs away and he goes down into the car, Joel, and she goes after him because she knows he's got the vial of her blood, and she knows that this guy's out of his mind. And there's this great. He, she finds him in. He's hiding inside a car inside the cargo hold. And she takes the gun and she tries to shoot him through the, the window, but it's bulletproof glass. And so and he's just sitting in there looking at her while she's trying to shoot him and kind of smiling, smirking at her like that ain't going to work. So then she gets a, a pole of some kind from somewhere and she tries to jab through the hole that the bullet hole made uh, in the windshield. And he grabs that away from her. And this is where we get that flashback to where she makes the decision after to kill the father vampire of the son who turned her into a vampire in that old house. And she, she takes the gasoline. He was going to set himself. It looked like, and her on fire. It looks like that was the old guy's plan. The vampire, the father vampire. And he, she takes the gasoline and she pours it all over him and all over everything. She steals the drugs. She walks out. She takes a lighter and she sets the gas on fire and blows fire so then we see this that she realizes that's a way to destroy vampires so she gets some she gets some kind of a fuel anybody remember what kind of fuel it was she got no she gets some kind of fuel. i don't think they showed it clearly enough to know yeah she grabs something and she starts pouring it in 
to the 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 hole. She starts dumping this fuel through the hole of the of the windshield, and then she takes a, a match and she strikes it. She throws it in, and and the whole car with our monster sheer eight ball inside envelops in flame. He's just being destroyed in flame. So we think she's won. She's stopped the monster. Right, right. But of course, um, the other terrorists notice there's a fire in the the cargo hold, and so they turn on the the um, the fire retardant. The the, the fire retardant, yeah, yeah. exactly. Which yeah. kills all the fire. Yeah. And she exactly. can't light a match because of the suppressor. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. I got a question. Yeah, why, does, why does Berg not turn into a vampire? I, I hate to say way like this, but I'm no, that's been curious do. about that. Who's Berg? He's the Dominic Purcell character. Is, is Berg. Oh, she, can, he, she, she, oh, she gets she killed. She stopped him. He, yeah, she turns. She she stabs him in the heart and kills him. Okay, yeah, that's he, what it, the reason was. Yeah. Okay, I was just trying to remember. Yeah, now, she now, takes a knife uh, from one of the that, that was left behind some from somebody, and she drives the knife into his heart as he's changing. Yeah, yeah, because it's the, the knife that was used to kill the the marshals. That that's correct. That's why ah, that, yes. that that shear used to stab the marshal in the eye and okay, thank chest. You. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Now now. I want to ask Mike's opinion of a couple of things with Fareed when he gets his hand a uh, bit. <laughs> oh, and yeah, then when they talk about that, that was um, the initial question. <laughs> now, now I, I have two issues with that scene because first of all, the moment you get bit, as we know, your heart pumps 50, whatever times a minute, it's yeah. already through his whole body. So that's the first thing. The second thing is after you chop your hand off, I pretty much think you're, you're going into to tunnel vision and our, out for the count for the rest of the film. Yeah, sharp. Thank you. <laughs> so, what was your opinion of 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 this, Mike? I don't know. It works in The Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. The Walking Dead. And I gotta say, this is I I I hear your points, Phil, and I I can't argue with them scientifically. I don't know enough medically to argue with them. Um, but I, I I have to say that there's you know willing suspension of disbelief. We know Farid is a hero. We know he's been bitten by a vampire as he was trying to get into the trying to close the cockpit from the vampire within the cockpit that the vampire bites his hand and she immediately acts. She ties off with a phone. There's a phone from the, the, the host, the, the, the flight attendant station. There's a phone. She wraps the cord around his arm immediately to seal off the blood, the, the poison, the virus from seeping into it. And she chops off his hand immediately. So. Well, not only that, it may not go. It may not go into the bloodstream necessarily immediately. It could be on his skin, like the saliva maybe well, does it. Well, right, like, it has it, to. Right, it would. I think a lot of it would depend on. I mean, like when you you know, it, like part of standard medical procedure, if like somebody is snake bit, is you do tie off that limb and suck chop it off, and. Try to well, some cases suck out the venom, but you at the very least try to tie off the limb to slow down the circulation, prevent the but circulation. But that's not that's not a virus like hepatitis or AIDS or something of the, or this vampire it's, virus. It's a, it's a molecule which makes but it, it could be smaller than most know, of those. We don't know what makes vampires vampires. It could be a venom. We don't know. Right. All right. right. Yeah. Given that we know nothing about how this works, and maybe all she did was slow it down, and you know, as soon as the ending of the movie comes, a few minutes later, he's chomping he's on the, the boy. 
Yeah. Part, part two. That's, that's, that, that's how I, that's why I think it's a happy ending. Oh, you didn't see the post credit scene? <laughs> so, well, let me ask you this. I, I, I don't know. I, I would really have to, I, I don't know what, like, Venom or Viral what about shark? would be. What about the shark, though? Oh, you know, shock is shock. It's I, I, a shock is one thing. Adrenaline is another. Exactly. Given, the cir- given the circumstances that they're under, which is, you know, uh, terrorists, vampires and an airplane that's going to crash. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck your body would react to that. Yeah. Well, let me, let me say this. It would have been better if they just didn't have that happen. But since they did have it happen. And as you said, Dan, suspension of disbelief and, and just going with it. It turns and, and, and again, into a little I, bit more I, of a grind. Because a lot of fine. people say suspension of disbelief, uh, and it's not suspension of disbelief. It's willing suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And, and that word willing means something. It means that we as an audience, you know what? That might be stupid or silly, but I'm willing because I'm loving the story. I'm willing to let that go. I'm, like I'm okay it. and yeah. letting that go to let the story go further. That's what a willing suspension of disbelief well, is. And, and, it made his character and, even and, more heroic, I thought. Well, and and I could, yeah. I could just say that, you know, they, they wanted to go Grindhouse, and that's fine, too. You know, because at this point, we got vampires, we got people going crazy, you, got, you know, you got terror, you got everything. So it's like, yeah, it's Grindhouse. It works fine. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess that's fair, too. I just wanted to bring it up. Just I, I, It's a valid point, Phil. It's certainly a valid point. I, I had the exact same thoughts. Very yeah. good, actually. Excellent. Excellent. But I was willing to suspend my disbelief. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, moving on. Me too. All right. So where where do we go now, Dan? What do you think? Let's see. Uh, so we we we've established that uh, our monster uh, Sheer has been consumed by fire and he's going to die horribly, except that the fire suppressions come in, and then the other hijackers come down to check what's happening uh, um and she and and they they uh, is she still there do they stop her somehow i can't remember what happened there i know that something happened and then they decide to open the 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 car door and that's when things go awry yes that's when we realize he's not dead he's become this burnt yeah. monster the, the, the evil personified to the nth degree yeah, it, oh, cuz he, he injected himself he fights, the, the, he fights the the black guy the american terrorist yeah yeah, yeah but, but, but why why wh- where is she, what happened to her at, at that point does anybody oh, remember? i think i think she was yeah what the hell was she at that point uh she was out of the cargo they did hold something to make her out of the moment i don't know if they shot her or something i i honestly can't remember there was it, but it went. Oh, at the oh time, yeah, I, yeah. Go. What, what happened was, wasn't she climbing up the ladder and and getting out? I can't remember. Either, yeah, but but we got the idea. Somehow they they got her out of the picture, right? We just don't remember. Yeah, somehow she's out of the picture for that moment when I don't know. Maybe she is. I, I honestly, maybe she's left and she's. Yeah, I think you may be. Uh, yeah, right. actually, I think she's left because she knew they were coming down. Because right, just, I think she climbed out to get back to her fire. son, and to start yeah. closing off the cargo bay area. Yes, right, yes. right. She's trying to yeah. seal start. it off by putting weight on it. Right. Yeah, but they, they somehow put the on it. Got down there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then they and they open it up, open the car door, and he starts transforming them into vampires. Yeah, he takes out two of them: the black guy and this other guy that hated his guts. I think that was yeah. Carl. I think that was Carl. Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Kyle says, "Kyle, Kyle dies an honorable death." I must give him credit. He goes, "You're a fucking asshole," or something. He says, and, yeah. then, <laughs> and then the guy just kills him. <laughs> yeah, and doesn't turn him into a vampire. Make sure that yeah. he doesn't come back. Yeah, he actually slits his throat. Kyle's yeah, that's throat. correct. That's exactly what yeah. he does. Slits his throat with his monster nails and sucks yeah. his blood. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so this is the point, Phil, where I think you said at this point you thought this film lost its 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 desire for you. Well, I, it, it went full grindhouse. I felt, and and again, there's nothing wrong with that because. You know, that, that's what the half the film is. It's full Grindhouse, and, and I love my Grindhouse films. I mean, we mentioned Giallo offline, and we mentioned a bunch of other stuff, and, and a lot of that stuff is, is, is fun. I mean, me, me and Barrett have talked about Grindhouse films a lot uh, on Halloween's Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. So I'm, I'm a big Grindhouse fan. But the, the thing that it was just weird, and again, I had seen the trailer, so I knew this was going to happen, some of this was going to happen. But I guess because I was so engrossed in the first hour and I thought it was more interesting with the terrorists that when it turned to grindhouse and vampires and psychopath uh vampires, I, I I didn't like it as much. But I'm not saying I disliked it. I just said I just don't think it was as awesome as the first half. Even though most people would say the opposite probably. Yeah, I I, I have to say that I, I, I get your point completely, but I don't see any way around, again, going from the filmmaker's point of view, telling this story. I don't see any way around getting to the end of the story without going where he went. In other words, again, from the beginning of the film, and I will remind everyone again, everything is a flashback. The beginning of the film, it's basically the, the kid comes out of the plane and all of the soldiers and SWAT people who were there to try and stop the terrorists from taking over, you know, from getting away with... Uh, killing all the passengers on the plane from their point of view they take the kid in they try to interrogate him and ask him and he's like in total shock he's clutching his teddy bear uh to him and he's in shock and he and he's not answering questions and they they can't get any information from him uh um so in order to get to the very end uh, of the story with the child with with elias uh and, and what happens at the very end in, in the plane with the soldiers i think you have to go with you know insanity gone wild i understand phil's point that it's two different things um it's kind of reminiscent of um from dust till dawn yes yeah well yeah, and the thriller aspect of it i think is superior to the grindhouse aspect of it right yeah yeah and the reason i i i would say i agree with barrett on that because again, Grindhouse can be awesome too. There's a lot of great Grindhouse that are, are, are phenomenal. But you know, with, with the, the guy having his hand chopped off, Fareed, and, and still acting like a hero rather than being in, in shock, and you know, and all that, all to go that route makes it a Grindhouse film, and and that's fine, and it was good. But as Barrett said, the thriller aspect of the first half was superior. So, Eric, what, I, 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 actually, Eric, I, I, I cut you off and I didn't mean to. I did want to hear where you were going because I was agreeing with you. No, that, that, that was my comment. That's all. Yeah, no, but I wanted you to expound on that. 
I didn't have anything. <laughs> just an observation. That's it. You you I can have... want all you'd like. The story <laughs> of my life. This just pointed out another film that is also much different in tone at the beginning than it yes. is at the end. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very much. And, and, and you, know what's, you know what's funny about that film, too? When I first saw that film, uh, Dust Till Dawn, I loved the first half and I hated the second half. There you go. But, it's it's just the, as about you. Well, really, well, yeah, Phil? They're... But the second half has those things you like. Second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I, I'm, I'm. Boa constrictors. I, always, I was. <laughs> all, I'm, I'm more into the pulp fiction y type of films. Uh, you know, that, that was my big go-to back in, you know, the nineties and I, stuff. So that you know. movie, I can't necessarily disagree with you, Phil. I was really enjoying the, uh, first part of it before things went, uh, vampire crazy. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair, you know, I've, uh, I've grown to appreciate the second part of that film now that I know that's what, you know, it was intentionally supposed to be that way. But, but yeah, yeah, exactly what Eric said. Uh, All right. During so, my first watch. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so the second part of this film does become vampire crazy. Our, our, our monster, our ultimate monster, horrible creature, Sheer has, Eight Ball has, has become this monster vampire. He's creating an army of vampires with the few. Yeah, because have. of the Scottish guy. He right. opens the door. Right. And, they're, they're, and, and our heroine vampire, uh, Perry uh, Baumeyer, is that her name? Uh, uh, Nadja. Uh, uh, she is doing her best to contain. She recognizes that that, that the vampires uh, are, are are getting a lot of, and she needs to try and contain it. They try and lock them down and keep them locked out. But our guy, our Scottish guy, who's been an a hole all along of the human kind. Uh, uh, is has been hurt by a cart that's rolled into him and, and caused him some internal bleeding, and he, in his desire to not die, even though there's a nurse who's trying to say, "Look, you're going to die. But I'll give you some morphine and make it as easy as possible." He's, I don't want to die, so he goes and he unleashes the vampires. He lets them out so that he can live. He's the rich guy, right? I mean, he's, he's, rich supposed, guy, he's supposed right? to be he's, rich, so yeah, he's, he's just a, a bastard guy. anyway, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> And as a, 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 a previous whiny bastard rich guy from another film, Circle, I understand his point of view. <laughs> there you go. And, and whiny bastard, that's how you guys referred to me, by the way. That's just for the record. Barrett, you don't know this, but that's how they referred to me. <laughs> it was uh, a title it well earned. It hurts here in the, in, in, in the heart of me because I thought I was just a man making a point of view. Anyway, so yes, this whiny <laughs> bastard uh, decides he's going to be – he unleashes the vampires and says, I just want to I just want to live, so bite me. And then it becomes hell on earth inside the plane. Everybody is now – T- becoming vampire. Everybody is vampire fighting. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was actually blown that day. Because I, I like the um the, the flight flight attendant. She was cool, and I like some of the characters. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and she's and pounding they, the cockpit door. Let right. us in. Let us in. Let us in. Yeah, up by and, the hair. Well, and that that's another really good scene because that is where they have to determine should we save the people, but then. Fareed says if we open the door, or, or it was actually may have been the, the the bad guy co-pilot that that was in there that said if yeah. you open the door, we're never going to be able to shut it again. Right, and yep. the bad guy co-pilot does say, hey, you know what? We can get to the fuel tank, and we can stop these monsters from getting out by blowing up the plane. There's a remote control device, but there's also a, a direct 
control the remote controls down in the cargo hold with the the bad guy who Dodgic, who our vampires killed early on in the film, the first human victim she takes. He's got the control for the bomb. And but none of them can fit into that little crawl space to get to where they but the the kid can, but she won't let him. If only there was a small human being present. Why? Wait, wait, <laughs> there is one. Wait, wait. Yeah. He's been here. Sacrifice the child. <laughs> but, but he sneaks in and does it himself. He does. He grabs the ultraviolet light, which he's she had like, that before. So he pulls it out and he goes and he just goes. So then she makes a decision, and this is this is truly, I think, her hardest decision to date. She sees all of these people who she now knows they're done. There's there's nothing she can do for them, including our our flight attendant, female flight attendant, who's been lovely throughout. Uh, she sees, and so she makes the decision to kill the terrorist co-pilot. Uh, to, just to drain him of all of his blood so that she can become as strong as she needs to be to go protect Elias. Right. Yeah, yeah. And for yeah, so, like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, he's been, yeah. yeah. And now so, he's so, alone in the cockpit. I, so I was really shocked that they went there where they were going to have all the passengers get wiped out. I was like, oh, yeah. No, that, yeah but that, again, where else do you go? Uh, knowing yeah, yeah, you're, right. you're going to end up, where else can you possibly go? Heck, when right. they started by killing all the air marshals, that's where it went crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they killed all the air marshals. That's awesome. <laughs> These guys are brilliant. Yeah, so then she brilliant. rushes through all of the, the passengers and all the vampires. She's super strong because she sucked all the blood now, and she's really made the choice to leave most, most of her humanity behind. In order to save her son. And he's in the meantime. We followed him down the corridor. And vampires. The new vampires in the, in the plane are coming at him. But he's shit, he's hoarding them off. Holding them off with his ultraviolet light. To get to the remote control device. That that can trigger the bomb. Yep. Because yep. none of the vampires are able to go. Reach out and smack the shit out of the kid. Well, obviously not. Uh, you know, he's got an ultraviolet well, light. It's all yeah, man. Terrifying to a light. <laughs> Willing suspension of disbelief. It's like a lightsaber, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must hurt really bad. <laughs> so, so we're now really in in the final act before we go back to the present, right? Correct. That is absolutely correct. That's where we're at. So it's it's a tense. And now we get to she goes all the way back to the cargo hold. Uh, Elias finds the remote device uh, and he triggers it or and, and blows something up. It's not the big bomb, but it does blow no, something he, up. He blows uh, the door. It, it blows out the cargo door, right? That's right. Yeah. Blows yeah. out the cargo door. And now and all the all the vampires, he, the, he loses the flashlight and all the vampires start coming out and he crawls under a car right and the vampires are trying to get to him move in the and, car <laughs> yeah and then yeah. our bad guy share he sees that the kids on the cameras or something he sees the kids there and he decides oh i want him and so he goes back to the cargo hold and he's super and all the other vampires he's like king vampire they all back away and he says he's mine basically and he goes after the kid and he's about to get to the kid she shows up and they have a monster vampire battle 
Exactly. Yeah. Which she loses. Which she loses. She and he's he's about to just suck all of the life out of her. Yep. When our hero Fareed, seeing what's going on in the cargo hold Turns on the his plane. cameras, realizes he can turn the plane and get the the sunlight uh, coming through the cargo door. Uh, and and because uh, somehow the kid does something that puts the monster vampire sheer eight ball onto the onto the 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 cargo hold. Uh, uh, what do you call those things? The cargo net. Cargo net. Exactly the word I'm looking for. He's on the cargo net and he goes out into the thing. He goes flying out through the cargo door. What what did, what did uh, the kid do? At least he did something. That forced um, eight ball out onto the car. I think he just kicked him in the head, and because he was he was trying to not because even though they were lower in the sky, so there wasn't going to be a huge air pressure. There was enough of a suck out that he was close to the door, and he was trying to make sure he wasn't going to fall out the door. And then the kids kicked him in the head. I thought. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah. I think that's right. I think you're right, yeah. Phil. So he yeah. so he goes now, out. I I knew he wasn't dead because I knew he was. Oh, he yeah. was well, he was holding that cargo net as he went out, so yeah. you knew so he was going to be hanging. Starts climbing on. back in the cargo net, and that's when Fareed turns the plane around and fries his ass. That's right. And, and this leads to the moment that Eric was talking about, uh, the poignant moment. Yes. Yes. Because now the sun is in sunlight, and he wants to hug his mom, but his mom knows well enough um, that she can't trust herself and there's other vampires around. So she just keeps on rejecting him and shoving him back into the sunlight every time. He yeah, tries he keeps to reaching her. for her across the sunlight and she just pushes him back. She pulls her, and shakes her head yeah, and yeah. shakes her head. No. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's just, it, it, it was truly, truly um, uh, a very poignant and a very wonderful uh, moment in, in, in this story. Uh, uh, about their relationships and about where their relationships had, had become uh, at this point. And he still wants to, to to save her. And she knows she is beyond saving. She knows that she has done enough now that she can never become human, that she has now accepted the monster within her. It's just a great moment, I think. That and she knows it's not over because there's all those other oh, ones yeah. that are still vampires. So she can't, even if she wanted to regain her humanity, she couldn't. So this yeah. brings us, I think, it, pretty much they land the plane, as we already know at the very beginning of the film. And this brings us into the present time with uh, the Scottish uh, uh, the commando who's in charge of the whole uh, 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 rescue mission, uh, rescue mission uh, to save the, the passengers. And you've got Fareed saying, I'm not a terrorist. But what happens is the 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 uh, pre-recorded message that they made him make plays and, and it talks <laughs> right. it talks about going to ignite the bomb. So n- nothing mm-hmm. Fareed says can convince this guy. And then they tell, tell Fareed there is no convention. And he goes, oh, fuck, they set me <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> And so, uh, um, you know, Farid is saying, you've got to let me, while there's still sunlight, you've got to let me off the plane. You've got to get me off the plane. They're in here. You can't let them out. And the guy's not buying it. And eventually he just decides to wait. In the meantime, the kid 
hasn't given them any information. He's saying he's saying the same thing Farid's saying. They, he's getting panicky. They tranquilize him uh, and throw him onto a um, a, a, a gurney, gurney. Throw him into an ambulance gurney, yeah. to drive him yeah. away. And they try to shoot Farid, who at the times, last yeah. second dives and doesn't get hit. Yeah, and in, in the in the cockpit, yeah, yeah. Right, and they and then this guy waits till sunset, and now it's getting very dark. And then he decides, okay, we've waited long enough. Go, mission is a go. Go rescue those. Right. So, so they, they 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 send in the SWAT and the Army Rangers or whatever that they call them over in the UK to go in there. The special ops, the special, special ops. forces. Special yeah. forces. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, of uh, course, go in there throwing their smoke bombs, and it's chaos. And I, there, there's a great uh, a DP moment. I, it's a shot I just love. Uh, uh, it's only used very rarely, but it's a, a, a twirling camera. Did you guys catch that? No. no oh, it's a great shot. When the guys, when the SWAT guys, the special forces guys are going in there and the smoke's coming in, you see all the vampires climbing all over the plane, uh, top to bottom, top to bottom, but they're doing it while the camera is is circling. It's twirling. So, so you know, it's t- very topsy-turvy, very uh, unsettling uh, camera angle. Oh, okay. I think I just thought the vampires were going crazy. Yeah, well, the vampires are going crazy, but they... In- it, but the DP is emphasized. But they used the photography. They used the photography. Gotcha. twirling camera. They used a camera that revolving. It was like just, Carrie and Tommy at the prom. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Hey, wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, choice by the DP and, and or director uh, to really emphasize the insanity within it. And then, of course, then all the vampires start turning the the the, the soldiers and the the guy back and and the. Uh, Air Tower uh, starts seeing this on his on their web on their cameras and going, what the hell is going on there? Right, and so they're only <laughs> beginning to believe the kid and Farid. Yes. So now we're yeah. coming very very close to the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Now, did you guys? I, I I thought the teddy bear was cute, you know, but since he didn't, he wasn't that type of kid earlier in the film. I kind of knew exactly what was in the teddy bear. Did you? Okay. I did not. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I did not. But I. But your point is such a valid point. He, he, I mean, but you know, we do see he was in shock, and he did have the teddy bear at the beginning. But you're right; he it seemed like such a together kid that holding onto a teddy bear seemed a little silly. Except I, I just put it down to shock. Right. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. But but for some reason, I just said it's got to be in there because. But you're right. You, I mean, you, like you said, you could have just thought the kid was in shock. And he wanted I, to I totally didn't yeah. until it until the reveal and the big reveal that we're we're hinting around here is that things are happening, things are going crazy, the soldiers are going crazy, all the vampires are getting ready to come out into the dark and and take over the world, and the the kid is screaming for his teddy bear. He's screaming for his teddy bear, and they hand him his teddy bear, and he jumps out of the ambulance and he runs back to the plane. And this is, again, a great moment. Uh, he runs out of the plane. He's got the teddy bear. We see that he's had the, hidden the remote in the teddy bear, which is what Phil is talking about. He has the remote detonator in the teddy bear. He pulls it out, and we see his mom come out of the plane and start to, and hover under the plane, and he's screaming for her, and she's looking at him, and it's so clear now that she has lost all humanity, that she is nothing but the monster now. And she starts to head towards him and he pushes the button and blows up the entire plane, killing all of the vampires, including his mother. 
Well, and, all, or and all the soldiers would have wanted, right? Say again. What does mom would have wanted? Yes. yes. I, oh yeah. no. Well, I, well, no doubt. Mom would have wanted before, but not now. Well, okay. Well, I guess the real question is: Is the mom still in existence? Ah, see, that's a great question, Eric. And and, and again, you know, you, one could argue that she made the move towards him looking monstrous and horrible to make him push the button and that that was her decision. Or one could argue the she beast was, already feral. was yeah, was already feral and she, all she wanted was blood. And there was a there was a victim. One could make either right. argument, which I love. And, and, this film. That's true. And then Barrett made a good point, too. All the special ops guys die, too. But at that point, anybody who goes into the plane, as Fareed said, is basically yeah. doomed. Just like any right. other right. Right. Yeah. Once the, a vampire is loose and you're a human in that, I guess, container, you're done. And yep. a small part of the film that we left out, Fareed does get out of the cockpit. He, he, he goes in uh, um, to try and set off uh, in, in the ultimate sacrifice, he tries to set off the bomb with himself in the plane by pushing the button that was not the remote detonator, that was the actual detonator, and he's stopped by the soldiers so, who yep. pull him off of the plane and and, and 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 put him in handcuffs, which is an interesting idea with you missing one hand, how that would hold your hand. But <laughs> we'll, we'll let that I, was, I was trying to figure that out, too. That's my brain as well. When really? I'm Take the cuffs off him. I'm like, what? How <laughs> did they cuff I think yeah. that may have been the only thing, really, for me in the film that I had a hard time willingly disbelieving. It was, come on, the guy's lost a head. As a handcuff's not going to hold him, no matter how tight you make it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Well, it's like that <laughs> scene at the beginning of uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, so Farid gets out and he sees the kid running across. He sees Elias running and he's screaming and he eventually they, they get he breaks away from them and he goes to get the kid after he to find the kid after the kid has blown up the plane and he finds the kid kind of knocked unconscious, but OK in the rubble. And he he grabs him up. And the the our guy up in the air tower says, "You can go ahead and uncuff him now." Again, I had an issue with. Right, but, right. But there and it let is. them go too. I think he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah. that's and that's that's basically the end of the film. That's right. That is that is the film. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the last hour is just crazy action. Um. You know, goodness. If if you if you so. Uh, you know, like that type of film. And and that's where Mike came in right at the beginning. He says, this is kind of an action film. Rather than just saying this is a vampire subgenre film, Mike was actually even saying, hey, it could be considered an action horror film. Could, you know, so... There is so, a lot yeah. of action. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's def- and it's definitely a, you know, because you have the hijacking thing, so that's more of like a, a thriller thing. And, and there are vampires, so it's a horror film. The only thing it really needed is that final explosion... That really did need to be in 3D. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> um, but it's so nice that now you have the kid who blew up an airplane so that he could go off and be with the, the terrorists his mom wanted to take care of him. And they could be yeah. together the in the terrorist jail. He wasn't actually a terrorist, Mike. Yeah. I don't know. Right. I heard that phone they call. Don't know that he blew the plane, they don't know he blew the plane up either. Also, uh, also, yeah, they don't valid know the point, Barrett. They, 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 the plane could have blown up from somebody inside. Valid point. Yeah. They don't also, know if it had the remote. 
Right, right, right. And, and again, all that doesn't really matter. I mean, even though we don't know his extended family if he did have grandparents or uncles or not sure. so yeah it's, it's 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 unanswered questions that aren't really necessary because obviously the Farid isn't just going to be able to adopt a kid you know you have to go through all the proper channels and all that but but you know it ends where it is it ends yeah i know i know it's kind but of a just, fair it, it is definitely went fairy tale at the end yeah and, and there is there is a and it is it's definitely a story where you want to stop there because you do not really want to find out what happens to these characters yeah. immediately after. Um, <laughs> Interesting if they do a sequel. It, it would be. But at, but I, I, I said this to begin with, and I, and I will say it again. Minus, and, and I agree with there are some minor flaws with the film that you need to overlook in order to enjoy it. But as a, as, as a, a telling of a story uh, and of, a, as a, a different look at the vampire genre uh, uh, I, I, a subgenre I, I, I enjoyed this filmmaker's storytelling I enjoyed the way he told his story I enjoyed uh, the way he uh, uh, led us through a path of you know good versus evil uh, what is really evil what is really good I mean you know there are themes that we've all seen in mm-hmm. many movies but I really I like the way that he led us through that what is humanity and what is a monster I like the way he echoed those themes throughout the film with various different characters making various different choices I, I truly enjoyed that about this film yeah me too and also I generally prefer the animalistic type of vampire versus the romantic vampire. Yeah, the sexy um, vampire. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, I agree. So I thought that was that was pretty cool, and I also kind of enjoyed the um, the disguise she had on to begin the film. Uh, like I loved it when she had a mouthpiece. Yeah. She had a whole mouthpiece to make her teeth look regular. Yeah, mouth, a mouthpiece yeah. to make her teeth look regular. Uh, a wig and contacts. Right, right, right. To cover her eyes. Right, and, and it was awesome too when she takes out the, the the prosthetic prosthetic uh, teeth because yeah. the reason she takes them out is because it's beginning to hurt because yeah because the, the, the real because teeth she's turning into a vampire now and, yeah. then, and she had already in the flashback was, she had pulled out with pliers the original vampire right teeth. and so now they were growing back which is actually one of the hardest parts of the film for me to watch <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. that the reason because of the the metal because of the the, the because she set the alarm off going through the the machine, right? At the airport. See, I don't think she set the alarm I off. Think I think he did. just wondered about what was in her. her, her, her there thing. was a there was a buzz. I guess I don't know. Maybe that was a good buzz. Yeah, but they didn't say, "Could you please walk through this again?" Or let me ha- use. Yeah, the- I didn't get a buzz. I just no, thought I the, the the guy, the TSA guy, uh, said, "Is this your yeah. stuff?" Right. I don't think it was. <laughs> and, and to be honest, I, I don't know if she would have been able to bring in that because it's a needle and nowadays you can't even bring anything that's pointy. She has a prescription. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know if, if they would even oh, allow Are you telling me if, if somebody is seriously of diabetic? all the things in this movie that's the one you can't believe? <laughs> well, I, I, I can't. I'll, I'll go, I'll go willing I had no issue with that at all. But, I thought the writing was, on, I have on, a prescription to handle they don't, they, don't even, they don't even give you a fork anymore. You, you can get knitting needles. You can get knitting needles on. I know that because my wife knits and she's brought them on. Barrett, so. Barrett, it's okay to admit you. Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay. You, I have tried. I can't, unfortunately. I tried once too. I was what? terrible. What? What? Tried what? Knitting. 
Oh, you can bring pens and pencils. You can bring We're pens talking and about pencils, knitting so. here. <laughs> you can bring pens and pencils, so I, I guess, yeah, it's not a big deal. And if, if you have a prescription, although he never asked to see her prescription, which is another issue, but she just said, I have a prescription. He said, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Usually, the reality, the reality. And that could have been any drug, too. They do wonder about the drugs. I mean, it could, well, what would they expect this from Germans? If this was Israel, they would have slapped that and say, I demand a subscription. You know, you know how it is. But, you know, some of these Europeans, they don't know what they're doing over there. All right, well, I think we've we've done a very good job of dissecting uh, this film. Sure. Absolutely. I think so. So that's good. That's good. So uh, we, we can uh, get into our final thoughts. But uh, before uh, uh, a couple of house cleaning, uh, Eric, you actually do another podcast with your buddy, Dan, the man, the man that, that is supporting me on Facebook about my working out. <laughs> uh, yes, I do a general interest podcast with Dan called the Scancy podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. Excellent. And uh, Barrett, uh, myself and you, and Kevin Letts uh, did an episode of Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews that was just released recently. We did. It, it was called Medusa. Um, it was just released today. Uh, you can go and check that out and listen to it. And we may have more stuff coming soon. Yep, it's a UK film uh, that was a low-budget film that we, we reviewed. And uh, uh, for folks who are curious, since Barrett said today, uh, today is September 16th, 2021, that we're recording this. Uh, for some of our listeners like Pam, who are always curious what we are uh, uh, recording, when they're recorded, and the difference between when they're recorded and when they're released. Um, now, uh, Mike, uh, me, you, and Eric are going to be doing an episode on a film uh, for another podcast, uh, probably uh, in October. What's that all about? Uh, um, are we? Surprise! We just got. We'll talk about it next week and set up the date. But uh, what's going on? Is that what you said last week, Eric? Are we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's continue. Come on. Mike, so, uh, so we do Cinema a la Carte, which is um, a sister podcast where we look at movies that are not necessarily dark discussions materials. Um, if it stars Tom Cruise, so much the better. But uh, we have done films like uh, Jack Reacher and Collateral. Uh, we've done uh, other genre films such as uh, uh, we did Flash Gordon. We did Inside Out, uh, among others. And we'll be doing more as the time comes on, but stuff that is, you know, a little bit lighter, uh, generally speaking, like yep, hostels. <laughs> You're never going to let me live that down, are you, Mike? Yeah, a light little piece of fluff like the hostel series, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we can give our final thoughts on this film here, so, uh, Dan, why don't you start? Okay, uh, as I've said repeatedly throughout this podcast, I found this to be truly an immaculate piece of uh, storytelling. Uh, I think the performances uh, by everybody in the cast, with the possible exception of uh, the banker dude, uh, were, were stellar. Uh, uh, I think that uh, the the goal of the storyteller, uh, the filmmaker, in this to to show us his take on what is humanity and what is uh, uh, 
uh, evil, uh, what is what is good and what is evil, what is humanity, what is the monster. Uh, I, I think that was the core of his story, and I think he did it brilliantly. Uh, I, I think that the uh, some of the battle sequences are, are wonderful. All of the performances, with the possible exception of the one I mentioned, and even he was okay, uh, were, were fantastic. The, the lead uh, performers in this film were uh, uh, wonderful. Uh, uh, Perry uh, Baumeyer, I think is her name, uh, as, as the female vampire, was brilliant uh, uh, in all of her aspects from the beginning, timid, uh, possibly cancer suffering to this horrible monster that she becomes by choice because she has to. Uh, I think Alexander Scheer from his moment, starting with uh, uh, becoming this very effeminate, uh, stereotypical gay uh, flight attendant to the moment where he becomes this true monster. Uh, his performance was very strong throughout. Uh, I thought that all of the others, the performance, I thought the child, the, the kid, Koch, who, play, Koch, who played uh, Elias, was great. I thought the, the actor who played Farid, uh, Kais, uh, was, was terrific. So I just, all of the, uh, the, the performances were sterling. Uh, the filmmaking was uh, really interesting and different. And the cinematography was wonderful. And the use of flashback within flashback, equally brilliant. And that's all I have to say. Uh, very good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good film. Uh, oddly, I feel it's two different films in one. Uh, it's a really awesome uh, thriller, the first half of the film. And then it's an uh, all-out crazy grindhouse, the second half of the film. Um, if if uh, that doesn't bother you, that the tonal switch, at least in my opinion, it was a tonal switch, um, then you, you'll enjoy this film a lot. Um, if you're a vampire fan, uh, you'll especially like it, especially, uh, the one, as Eric mentioned, if you're a fan of the feral vampire versus the romantic vampire. Uh, so, uh, just remember that when you go in, the film, uh, turns into something else, uh, midway. And, uh, if you're good with that, uh, it's worth a watch. Uh, Eric. Yeah, I like this film a lot, and uh, I would be very surprised if it doesn't end up on my top 20 for the year. Uh, there's going to have to be quite a number of really solid films to happen between uh, now and the end of December for that to happen. So, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Barrett. Yeah, I really like this film, too. It's definitely going to be in my top 20. I'm not sure exactly where yet. I have not worked it in there, but I thought the acting was really really well done um and the story was really well done all right mike yeah uh it's a it's a solid vampire film kind of a unique entry in that the the way they do the vampire with a child as the sort of the hero point of view um i don't know that i've actually seen a vampire film quite like this off the top of my head um I like I don't I don't think it's quite as stark a first and second half thing as uh like from Dust Till Dawn. You know, because it's not like we go for a half movie without vampires and half movie with. Uh but yeah, it is definitely shifts more and more towards the over the top action as the film progresses. I strongly recommend it. Um obviously if you're listening to this podcast, this is you're a person this kind of film should appeal to. All right, very good. So uh, once again, uh, this is called 
Blood Red Sky. It was a film uh, from Germany, released on Netflix July 23rd, 2021, as a Netflix original. Uh, the film stars uh, a number of folk, uh, including a Piri Barmista. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Kai Seti, uh, Carl Anton Koch. Uh, Alexander Scheer, among other folks, such as Dominic Purcell. Uh, the film was directed by Peter Thorworth and written by Peter Thorworth and Stefan Holtz. Uh, we'll bring up the cinematography because uh, Dan did. Uh, Yoshi Heimrath uh, was the, the cinematographer, and uh, music, it says here, was by Dasha Dahenhauer. Uh, so, uh, if you're interested in this film, vampire films, uh, midnight movies, uh, and, uh, interesting character, uh, studies as well, I guess, uh, this may be your cup of tea and it's available right now on Netflix. And Dan, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, you know uh, what? Uh, thanks for inviting me. I can't believe you keep inviting me. Uh, it, it's, uh, just such a pleasure to be here and talk, uh, films that I love with, uh, such a, a diverse and interesting group of people. So thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, Including you, Phil. We're all white dudes. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I could say I'm, I'm, uh, what, what, what do you call it? Uh, you, you can white. say whatever you want, Phil. You're, still, I, I, you're, a, white guy, you're, yeah, exactly. you're a white guy from the Northeast. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm, uh, I could say that I am Latino. Uh, right Latino, because I, I just was uh, ancestors on the wrong side of the Iberian Peninsula. Mm, all right. Is, that, is uh, anyone buying that one? No. Sorry, Phil. No. Hey, I'm a white guy. <laughs> it, it, it was tough, though, growing up in an all-Irish town, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, the good news, Phil, is you're pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> Pretty fly for a white guy. Hey, listen, again, uh, I, I mean it. Uh, I enjoy... Uh, um, talking with you, I enjoy the types of films that you uh, uh, like to discuss, uh, and I'm just honored that you invited me to come uh, play with you again. So thank indeed, you. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, maybe in another six weeks or something, you'll join us again. But we'll see. Well, you know, it's up to you, Dan. It's up yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you throw something out that I really am into. You know me. I'll just say, oh yeah, I'm there. Yeah, and and is there any any uh, ones that you you see that are pretty interesting? Just just uh, text me and let me know. And uh, yeah, absolutely. You, you know I'm not shy, Phil. You know I will. Indeed. All right, gentlemen. Lovely talk. All right. All right. And uh, with that, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about Blood Red Sky. Come back next week. We'll have another topic. <laughs>